What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Happy New Year. Welcome to episode 67 of the Ringside Rundown podcast brought to you by TWM.news. My name is Eric Vasquez, and joining me on the line, this is really interesting. Joining me on the line is definitely my podcast partner in crime, Shay. Shay, say hello. What up, guys? And for the first time ever, we're going to have a special guest. Joining us on the line is our good friend and loyal listener, Jeff Merchant. Jeff is a Joshi expert, and he's here to talk about Joshi and all the other stuff involving AEW and WWE. Jeff, say hello. Hey, what up, guys? Happy to be here with you. Thank you for taking the time out to uh, hop on the show with us and talk some Joshi wrestling. Joshi wrestling is definitely, I feel like, uh, is going to be on the up and up with uh, one Mercedes Monet making a big splash in Japan. So I think that's going to benefit Joshi wrestling. What do you guys think? Oh, Jeff, you want to start or uh, you want me to go for it? You can go first, Shay. All right. I, I figured because you're going to have a lot of uh, opinions. I, <laughs> I, oh, it's tough because it's like, I know that Mercedes deep down in her heart has a special place for Japanese wrestling, Joshi wrestling, all of that. Um, I was very surprised at the, um, I think it's safe to say lukewarm reaction she got at Wrestle Kingdom. It yeah. was not blowing the roof off the place. And I feel like maybe I think I remember hearing that like New Japan wrestling fans don't really pay attention to American wrestling or just like WWE or whatever. So they didn't really know who she was. Um, so mm. that was a little bit of a shame because I feel like she was expecting to get this like massive reaction. And it's like she got a oh, wow, it's somebody new and that's it. But you know, I was I was wondering, could it be that it it was the second match on the card, and possibly that people were still filing into the venue, finding their seat, getting ready? That maybe that had something to do with her reaction. Um, possibly. It it all just I guess depends. I don't know. I would think that most people would already have been there, but obviously, I'm sure right. Jeff can correct me if I'm wrong. But I I don't know. I just it's a shame. I guess just at the end of the day, because I guess she should have gotten a better reaction i think but her and Kyrie are gonna do really well i think like that that's gonna be a really good match um obviously i feel like Kyrie is still gonna end up holding onto the title but they've had history in wwe and they had pretty good matches back in wwe so i wouldn't expect anything less of this one so i'm, I'm excited to see how it turns out right right now jeff you're the joshi expert you know uh, all about Joshi wrestling. What kind of splash can Mercedes Monet have in the world of Joshi wrestling coming from the WWE? Well, Shay actually kind of hit it on the head. The biggest problem with Mercedes's debut in New Japan was exactly that. New Japan fans in Japan specifically just really don't care for the wwe product mm-hmm. like when they come to when they come to japan they get a big tournament turnout and but it's not like people in new japan fans are going to be clamoring to see somebody who they really just don't know what to expect from right um we we all know mercedes is uh history shall we say with WWE in her difficult nature. Ah. Um, but 
to answer your question about what kind of a splash she can make, she can make a big one. She really could. She's already called out two really big names really? in Japan. She's called out Miyu Yamashita <laughs> from Tokyo Joshi Pro. And she's called out the current high-speed champion of stardom, Azumi. Interesting. So she yeah. already has her, her, her sights set on some opponents to take on. She does seem to. Um, Azumi is 21 years old, high-speed high genius. Like High-speed is a match where it lasts 15 minutes or below. Okay. Period. Like, it's nonstop action, bell to bell. Most of the matches don't make it past the 10-minute mark. Wow. And in the world of high speed, there's three big names. Azumi, Starlight Kid, and Kagama. Mm -hmm. And for Mercedes to call out AZM, or Azumi, who is widely regarded as a wrestling prodigy, is kind of nuts. That's crazy. Crazy. So she already, she, it seems like she's like, like Shay said earlier, she's done her homework. She knows uh, all about what she's getting herself into. I think, I think maybe when, once she gets the ball rolling and the gears going and maybe she can endear herself to the fans that didn't know who she was. Um, and maybe they can see why she's a big deal. But another thing is like what Jeff said is she's kind of a liability sometimes when she doesn't get her way. So yeah. can can that translate into a different world? Because this is in, in Japan, uh, no matter if it's male or female, they take wrestling very seriously. It's a serious sport. You know, it's not it's not all about just entertainment and making a big wave that way. You know, so can she be uh, a team player, basically? That's going to be the, the magic question is if she can uh, she can play by the rules because as soon as something doesn't go her way, things don't uh, tend to end very well and they're not going to put up with that over there. I have a feeling. So she might know that she might have a very short leash that she's on right now, but maybe she uh, feels more liberated now that she's out of WWE's control and maybe she has a little more creative freedom in Japan. Who knows? That remains to be seen, but it's kind of the whole thing with punk. You kind of just wait and see if uh, something's going to happen that she's not going to like that may just uh, derail the whole uh, Joshi experience. But I, I hope not because she really is a good wrestler. I feel like we've talked about it on the show before where she kind of fell off a little bit, at least for uh, Eric and I from her like last return from her break uh, as in walking away. But maybe this might breathe some new life into her. Maybe she'll have more, I know determination, motivation, especially with as uh, highly talented as a lot of these Joshi wrestlers are over there. She's going to have to step it up and make sure that she's just as good, if not better, um, or else she will get eaten alive. That's what that's one way to put it. Uh, wow. Um, now, way back when uh, Jeff has sent in a question and he wanted to know uh, 10, uh, 10 wrestlers we can come up with that he can find you know, the Joshi counterparts to uh, 10 equivalent yes. wrestlers that if we gave him 10 wrestlers, he could find the Joshi ones that maybe can is the equivalent that kind of matches the wrestlers that we selected. Jeff, mm -hmm. do you still have that list handy? I'm looking at it right now. 
Awesome, yeah. awesome. Now, this was a while back, so I don't even remember the five wrestlers that I gave you because <laughs> that's how bad my memory is. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I gave five, Shay gave five, and uh, let's get into that list. Let's see what we have uh, going with that list. And don't be afraid to go on tangents and let us yeah. know who the equivalents are so we can get more equi- uh, equated with it. Yeah, let us have it. I have no problem doing that. Let me just say first and foremost, though, this list changed from the initial one that I gave y'all. Okay. Um, As I was looking at it, a couple of things stood out to me in my original picks. And one of the biggest ones was one of Eric's choices mm-hmm. in Mercedes Martinez. Oh, yeah. And Big I'm favorite be, of mine. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna be really honest with you. Finding an equivalent in J- Japan to Mercedes Martinez is difficult. <laughs> but maybe she um, could make money that way if she was to go to Japan. Maybe it's possible that she could. There's so there's different styles. There's Techniker. There's Powerhouse. There's High Speed Specialist. You know, everyone has their own style. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same in America. Everyone has their own style that they use. Mercedes Martinez's power game is one of the hardest to match. Mm. Yeah, like a really good equivalent from back in the day would be Aja Kong. Mm. Oh, that would be an a good ab- match. An absolute legend, you know, in the world of wrestling. Pretty much everyone knows who Aja Kong is. Definitely. Um, but by today's standards, finding an equivalent to Mercedes Martinez is really, really difficult. Wow, she's a she's standalone now. I don't know. Uh, she's had such a vast career that I'd, I'm I'm pretty sure she probably had a couple uh, excursions into Japan a couple times before. Um, yeah. But you could probably. Like you said, since there's not someone like her in Joshi Wrestling, she could probably make a lot of money doing that. I say that, but I did find two women who I think are close to Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. If Mercedes did decide to go to Japan, she would have a huge impact. Her strength game and her experience alone make her a big draw, in my opinion. I mean, we did just get Zaya Brookside back into stardom. Yeah. So you never know what somebody new like Mercedes Martinez could do. Right. But for the two names that I picked for Mercedes Martinez, one of them I've given to you guys in comments or whatever before is Utami Hayashishida. Ooh, yeah, that would be a good um, one. She's got as much of a power game as is possible in new Joshi styles. Mm-hmm. She's very much a powerhouse. A lot of her work does resolve, result from her being stronger than her opponent. And I think Utami has only been wrestling a handful of years, too. Like, I think maybe three, four hmm. So if she had a chance to go up against someone with the experience of Martinez, that'd be huge for her 
but it would also be a really good matchup for Martinez, someone who could possibly match her strength. Hmm. That'd be an interesting match to see for sure. I'd pay money to see that. (laughs) There, There is one other name, and she's actually from Marvelous. Okay. It's Mm -hmm. a much smaller promotion in Japan. The actual name of it is Marvelous. That's women pro wrestling. (laughs) Gotta love it. But (laughs) very straight to the point. Yeah, good name. There is a 29 year old who is called All Red Everything. Really? Oh. Yes. Her. Hair is red. Her outfit is red. She is... Utami may be the red queen, but this woman is all red everything. And she is one of the most phenomenal Joshi in the world right now. Really? Um, She's on par with Mayu Iwatani. That's how good she is. Oh, wow. And that is Takami Iroha. Takami Iroha. Um. She actually made a huge splash in stardom during the 2021 Five Star Grand Prix. She had a major impact, big matches with a lot of names, and she gets credited now for being someone that goes out of her way to train all the younger people that come through Marvelous. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's very much a power name. Like I said, Utami can match Mercedes. Takami would take that strength that Mercedes brings and just shove it right back in her face. Oh, it's a big competitive matchup. It would be. Takami hits hard. She has a submission game like that is very rare to see in the Joshi world. And she's not afraid to be just as stiff as her opponent brings it. Interesting. Nice. The, I'm writing these names down because these are all names that I definitely want to check out and YouTube and things like that. So uh, definitely keep bringing them. I will. Um, I'm going to pick one of Shay's next. And we're going to go right for the gusto with her favorite, Shayna Baszler. Yeah. <laughs> Now, if we really want to be technical, there's a whole division for just tap out professional wrestling that would be similar to Shayna because they all are training under Takamichinoku and they're all submission specialists. Okay. Mm. But I went That's a different cool. route. I went a different route. Shayna has an MMA experience. Yes. Very underrated MMA fighter, in my opinion. Mm hmm. But the closest person to her in Japan is Shuri. Ooh, yeah. I could see it. I could definitely see Um, it. Shuri did fight in the UFC. Really? Yes. Really? Shuri did have some matches in the UFC. Um, I can't remember her actual... She was in 2017 to 2021. And she huh. fought as Shuri Kondo. Hmm. Uh, debuted in 2017 against Chan Mi Jong at UFC Fight Night 
St. Peru versus Okami. Um, she has the martial arts background. She has all the strengths that Shayna Baszler has. So that would be a really fun matchup for me. I'd pay yeah. more money to see that than I would Charlotte and Shayna. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, one thing that I absolutely love about the Joshi world, we don't have to rely on storyline. Mm-hmm. Stories in Japan take years. But they go away from them and they just come back to them naturally. Right. So it's more yeah. so the competition that's more exactly. of the focal point. Exactly. <laughs> Which said leads me into my next one for Eric. Eric, you gave me Asuka. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I mean, she is a Joshi in herself. Right. But the closest one who is active in Japan is Mayu Iwatani. Yeah, best of the best. You've got Asuka, who, in my opinion, is the greatest women's wrestler in WWE history. I'm not taking away anything from Io Shirai, who will prove that statement wrong. Yeah. But Asuka has more talent in her pinky finger than most of WWE's roster, period. I agree with you there. Yeah. She just gets booked terribly. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, Um, I'm kind of interested to see if they're going to bring out, because, you know, WWE nowadays likes to uh, bring in a little bit of their own revisionist history, because there's there's saying that maybe that she might bring out her evil Kana uh, persona. I hope so. If they do that and they allow her to bring out Kana, (laughs) WWE is going to have something on their hands you think Alexa Bliss was evil when she was with the Fiend Asuka is Kana is going to rip people's throats out oh I can't wait oh it makes me excited um but there's there's only one reason why I chose Mayu Iwatani and that's because she is stardom's goat yeah so it's like a goat versus goat it is there's only one title that Mayu Iwatani has never won in stardom. And she's not eligible for it. That title is the Future of Stardom Championship. Mm-hmm. It was debuted many years after Mayu's debut. Yeah. And the deal with the Future Belt is you have to be 21 or younger. My God, or have less than five years wrestling experience. So Mayu is unable to compete for that belt, but she's done everything else, literally everything else. She's done so much in stardom that there's nothing left for her. She could make so much money in the states, she could, but Mayu. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the term hikikomori. No, I've never heard no. that before. Um, Mayu Iwatani is going to have an autobiography come out this year. Hmm. Movie. She hmm. dropped out of school and she was a shut-in. A hikikomori hmm. is basically someone who is so afraid that they cannot leave their own house. Oh, uh, wow. Damn. Yes. She discovered wrestling 
and wrestling she credits with saving her life. Wow, that's interesting. And yeah. So Mayu is Mayu has a really interesting story, you know, and she's someone that everyone who watches Stardom connects with just because of her story. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I'm really excited for her autobiography movie when it comes out. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. I, this game's I really interesting. Know. Yeah. Um, let's see. Since I'm going back and forth, Shay, you gave me Chris Statlander. Yeah, Stat. Statlander's another hard one because she does her power game a lot. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Chris has more upside to that power game than, let's say, Mercedes Martinez does. Yeah. I think Stat has more that she can offer than just power. Mm-hmm. So for her, I went to Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. And I chose Shoko Nakajima. Okay. Uh, Shoko Nakajima has a rather ironic nickname. She's called Big Kaiju. Mm. But she's one of the smallest women on the roster. Yeah. <laughs> Tiny but mighty. Exactly. She's tiny but mighty. Mm-hmm. Where Statlander brings the power game, Shoko brings the counter game. Mm. So it'd be a very much of a cat and mouse type of match. Very contradicting styles, but it would be so much fun to watch. And Shoko's the one who dethroned Miyu Yamashita hmm. in TJPW. Now, she has since lost that belt to Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, we which, remember her. Uh, I was going to say, if you watch AEW, you know who Yuka Sakazaki is. Uh-huh. Um, but Shoko is very competitive. And so it doesn't matter who you put her up against. She's going to go in there and give 110%. That's why I love her. Mm-hmm. And that's why Tokyo Joshi has a lot of faith in her. She's one of their pillars. Yeah. Um. Next, back to Eric. You picked Serena Deeb. Good one. Good one. Yeah, I have a thing for technical wrestlers. I don't know what it is. There's nothing wrong with that. There is a really good equivalent to Serena Deeb in Japan, and while I say that, this woman is much younger and she also has only been wrestling a handful of years she wrestles for just tap out Mm -hmm. and that's tomika inaba okay um she's a karate specialist but she's developing a sick ground and technical game training under takamichinoku nice um, that's the thing with just JTO. Taka started it, and he's basically training everyone who's in that promotion with him. Wow. Takami is their current women's champion, but she's also part of the stardom unit God's Eye with Shuri. Mm-hmm. So she's learning from two massive influences when it comes to technical game. If you want anyone to be able to match Serena Deeb, 
that's probably your best bet. And she's only like 20, 21 years old. <laughs> this is You're like so painful young. to hear that, right? Like, damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, as I was telling Eric in the pre-production meeting, there's a girl who's in her first year of wrestling. Actually, there's two of them. They're 13 years old. 13? 13 in wrestling professionally in Japan. Ugh, that's insane. They don't, do a full, they don't do a full time, but they're still doing it professionally. Ugh, that's that's crazy. It is. Azumi, the girl I mes- mentioned before, started when she was 11. Jeez. I was doing nothing when I was 11, <laughs> 13 years old. So if you see like that, it's like, that's impressive. It, it's absolute insanity, but that just shows how serious and how deep the wrestling world goes in Japan. They yeah. start young. They start really young. Uh, Starlight Kid, she's 21, about to be 22. I believe she started when she was 13 or 14. Uh, that just blows my mind. My God. That's crazy. It, it is. Um... We're going to go back to Shay for Ruby Soho. I love Ruby. I do too. Ruby's a very unique talent, in my opinion. Yes, I completely agree. Um, I love how she's unpredictable. Her style is hard to get down. Mm-hmm. So the best person in Japan for her is Risa Sarah, who is a freelancer. Now, Risa Sarah is part of the same group that I will mention here in a bit. Uh, she's part of this promotion slash group called Prominence. Mm-hmm. And they came into stardom as former Ice Ribbon members okay. to go after Julia. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you've know anything about that whole fiasco but julia pretty much left ice ribbon to go to stardom and did it in the most backhanded way possible got a lot of heat on her for it oh boy um think sasha banks level in america wow oh boy that's how big of a problem it was in japan thanks risa sarah took massive exception to that and she formed this whole group to go to stardom and take out julia she hasn't done it no but she's trying (laughs) it'd be hard to do yes especially since julia is the new women's world champion in stardom yeah she won that belt on the 28th i digress uh risa sarah is a hardcore wrestler she does a lot of hardcore matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and when remember back when WWE had like the exploding light tubes, the thumbtacks, yeah. all that, yeah, all that jazz. That's basically what's going on over here. But think of it more, more extreme, like old school ECW. Oh boy! Wow. Yeah, it's nuts. Hardcore matches in Japan are no joke. I mean, I've seen that gif of uh, Maki Ito with the exploding like barbed wire bat. I see that like occasionally on my Twitter, and it's like, that is 
insane. That's that is an actual death match though in Japan. Those are death <sighs> matches. Oh. And if I remember right, the other woman in that match was Hikari Noah. Mm-hmm. Who's a, another phenomenal talent, but unfortunately didn't make my list. Uh, next time. But, next time. <laughs> next time. <laughs> she, she's someone to watch, but I digress. Uh, yeah. I say Risa Sarah for Ruby Soho. Nice. Because Risa Sarah is just as unpredictable as Ruby is. I would like to see there's, it. There's no way to tell what Risa Sarah is going to bring to the table. I say that when I watch Ruby, because I never know what Ruby's going to do. No. Even when she was in WWE. That's what made her so fun. Yeah, exactly. You get and, it. And to hell with WWE for letting that woman go. <laughs> tell me about it. Uh, we'll, we'll be here all night if we get on that topic. But yes, I agree. Uh, we got four more names. All right. Eric's next one is Tony Storm. Yeah. Another Tony good one. Storm. Tony Storm was another hard one for me. I originally picked Yuka Sakazaki. Interesting. Ooh. But I changed my mind. Oh. Um, Yuka Sakazaki has a very different style than Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. She's more of the high flying. She can get technical, but she doesn't have that strength. Mm-hmm. The Tony Storm has mm-hmm. true, yeah. So I picked a woman who just recently came out of retirement to go back to stardom, and that's Hazuki. Mm. Hazuki used to wrestle as HZK. She just took out all of the vowels in her name, mm-hmm. and she was a member of Oedo Tai when Mayu, not Mayu Tani, um, Hanakamura. Mm. was Oedo Tai. Um, she came back to wrestling at the Hana Memorial Show, the very first one. Like she hadn't wrestled in a couple of years. She came back, wrestled that show, and decided, I'm going to get back into the ring. <laughs> and the best part about Hazuki is she hasn't lost a step. She's nice. just... She stepped back into the ring. She's as good as she ever was. And the best thing about matching her with Tony Storm is they would go so well together. They're almost mirror images of each other. Nice. The only difference is Hazuki's not afraid to go to the air. Mm. I've never really seen Tony Storm have much of an aerial attack. Right. Nah. Hazuki, though, she has a killer missile drop kick. She's not afraid to dive through the ropes. And her one of her major finishers is a brain buster. Nice. Nice. An old school finisher. If anyone's gonna give Tony Storm a run for her money, it's Hazuki. Just hands down. Uh I'm gonna save Britt Baker for last on Shay's side. Save the best for last. <laughs> so we're gonna go with Dakota Kai. King Coda. King Coda. I'm really interested to see what will happen with her if Vince tries to take creative control of her. <laughs> I don't even know, boy. I don't even. 
Um, I am not willing that into existence. No. I love Captain Coda. I love mm-hmm. Damage Control. Her and EO are a great tag team. Yes, I agree. Love them. Dakota's equivalent is Miyu Yamashita. Mm, nice, nice. Um, anyone who's watched AEW, they Miyu's been on AEW television. Mm-hmm. She's very, very martial arts style. And her shins and feet should be registered as lethal. <laughs> yeah, um, I can believe I it. Think I've sent you a, I think I've sent you guys a few gifs where she's just kicking somebody's head off. Yes. Yes, um, I remember those. You want the captain of King, Team Kick against someone who's going to match those kicks. <sighs> Could you... Can you guys just imagine the kicking match between those two? Oh, that makes me excited. That'd be fun. It oh, it'd be, be so much fun. fun. Um, I I would love to see King Coda try to take one of those head kicks. Oh. Not gonna lie. Um, I think she could. Yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think that. I mean, <laughs> I say that, but it took Yamashita like six of those head kicks to take out Maki Ito. I mean, well, Makita is the strongest head in the world, so. She does have the hardest head in the world. Yeah, so. <laughs> that head is a registered weapon. It really is, though. Um, Going off on that, though, I would love to see Yamashita and Ito team up on AEW television. Oh, my God. That would be insane. They are a tag team in Japan. They wrestled together as a team. <laughs> but I would love to see them do it in AEW just to show that style that they work well with together yeah but dakota kai and miyu yamashita hands down easiest easiest pick of this whole thing yeah just the kicks mm-hmm. the kicks all the, sold kicks. It. All the kicks all give the me kicks. all the kicks give me all the kicks please uh eric your last one was diana perrazzo see another technical yeah right she was a little harder for me to place but i picked mizuki from tokyo joshi pro mm-hmm. um, mizuki is part of the magical sugar rabbits with nice name i love that that's a heck of a name um that's their tag team and it. mizuki where yuka sakazaki's more the aerial wrestler of the two mizuki's the more grounded technical of the two and mizuki has a really high rating on cage match she was in the high eights low nines wow big really high rating with the fans and people love mizuki um very i love her technical prowess she's not going to win you over in the power game the high flying, she leaves all that to Yuka. But Diana Perrazzo, I really wanted to pick Mayu Iwatani for. I did. Because mm-hmm. Diana's that damn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big fish in a small pond. Ah. She really is. Yeah. I mean, WWE screwed the pooch with her. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You could say the same about Taya Valkyrie. All yeah. these names. WWE had in their hands. And they let go of Diana Perrazzo. 
yeah. who is one of the best women's wrestlers in the world right now. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not ashamed to say this. I think Deanna Perrazzo could wrestle circles around Charlotte Flair. <laughs> you really have it. You, you have a thing against Charlotte Flair. <laughs> Shay can attest to this. I despise yeah. Charlotte Flair. Yes. yes Side note, so, so like when I, cause you're the first person I thought of when she, when she made her return. Yeah. On SmackDown. Me and too. I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun to talk about on the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm Ugh. not ashamed to say that I turned it off the second she won that belt. Yeah, that was not surprising, unfortunately, at least for me. It's just, it, it wasn't was a... surprising. What's surprising no. to me is that she's a face. Yeah, it just doesn't suit her. Is I don't know. She, ugh, I get, if we start. <laughs> Going off on Charlotte Flair, we'll, we'll be here all night. night. We'll, we'll have a we'll have a ten hour show. Yeah. So all right, gonna, so back to the list. We're gonna hold. We're gonna hold off on my hatred for Charlotte Flair for a minute. The last name is Britt Baker. DMD. DMD, hometown girl. Me and Shay both. We love DMD. Yes. I picked the other. 21 year old prodigy out of japan to match dmd and that is suzu suzuki okay suzu suzuki is a freelancer who works with risa sarah Mm. they do she does a lot of hardcore matches she's not afraid to bleed she's got a very in your face i'm coming at you with everything style hmm and I would nice. love to see her style match up against Britt Baker's. Let's face it, Britt, Britt Baker's not afraid to take shortcuts. Nope. But she can get very physical when need be. Mm-hmm. She's exactly the kind of person that Risa Sarah is in Japan. But nice. we're talking about Suzu Suzuki, who's mm-hmm. tr- pretty much Risa Sarah's prodigy and her uh, protege. So you take what Risa Sarah is training Suzu Suzuki in and someone who's already in the top five in Japan, who's only been wrestling a handful of years. Suzu Suzuki could have won the five-star Grand Prix this year. Wow. I mean, she was right up there in the results. She should have been in the finals, but she got screwed out of it. Mm. Suzu Suzuki best matches with Britt Baker. And that's a match that I would absolutely love to see before I die. <laughs> yeah, right. We need to, we need to make it happen. Interesting. I, when Britt Baker was champion, I was planning to get with Shay, do this thing where we just ran down a list of, Everyone we wanted to see Britt Baker face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It never came to fruition, but I could think of thirty names in Japan alone that I want to see Britt Baker face. Yeah. So, uh, uh, much like we said about Mercedes Martinez, maybe Britt Baker can make a lot of money going into to Japan and stuff like that. Yeah. The the difference between the two though is there's a lot of women who are more like Britt Baker. Uh, are Mercedes Martinez. True. Britt Baker 
brings the attitude, though. Yes. She has that presence. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could say the same for Mercedes Monet, but yeah. Yeah. Mercedes is going to have a harder time in Japan than Britt Baker would. Interesting. Um, Booker T said it best. I don't know if you saw that. He said that he felt that Sasha uh, Mercedes's promo would have worked better if she'd have been able to deliver it in Japanese. Yeah. You would think like she would probably go that route too, as as deep as her love for Japanese wrestling is. She probably would probably thought of that, or hopefully yeah. she would have thought of that. Yeah, I would hope that she thought to do it, but I would hold hope that she just wasn't fluent enough to be confident to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but. I think that's where Mercedes has the problem and Britt Baker would thrive. Mm Britt Baker would need that. She could get herself in with a group who would talk for her. Right. Mm -hmm. Mercedes came in alone. Yeah. And she chose the biggest dog in the, in the yard. (laughs) Yeah, she did. And they're putting a lot of money on her too. I really want to know what kind of money they're paying her. It's got to be astronomical. They said yeah. more than more than what they paid Chris Jericho. Yeah, which but is a lot. From what I understand, there she's only doing a handful of appearances. Yeah, it's a hefty bill then for a couple of matches. Work smarter, work smarter, not harder. Yeah, and that's my motto every day. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Well, thank you, Jeff, for that wonderful uh, list of names that people can definitely, I know I'm going to hop on YouTube and check out these names and things like that because I'm always thirsting for different wrestling. And I feel like yeah. Joshi Wrestling definitely brings that. Uh, you know, it's it's for me, I've always was enamored by how hard hitting it was, how fast it was. So something like, uh, what's that division that you said the, the matches are 15 minutes or less? High speed. High speed. Yeah. That seems really cool. Like, that's really innovative. It really is. And Azumi has a big high speed title defense coming up soon. She has to defend against the woman she beat for that title, Starlight Kid. Ooh, I know you'll be excited about that one. Um, they're eternal rivals. They came in pretty much the same time. They trained together. They came through the ranks together. They're been wrestling each other their whole career they're rivals in every sense of the world word but they have a healthy respect for each other that high speed match is going to be i'm calling it now one of the top five matches of the year next for this year Ooh, interesting Interesting. that's how good it's going to be nice cool cool so yeah this is a lot of fun because i've always wanted to expand my wrestling and I've always wanted to bring something different to the show. So I'm glad you're here to talk about some Joshi wrestling. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. And I, I will add this too. I remember you were curious about where Charlotte flair would rank in my top 25. Eric. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you right now, she's in the top 25, but between 20 and 25. Hey, but that's, yeah. I, I would, I would, I would say she would be automatically 25, but if you're putting her in between 20 and 25, that's a win. 
Right. Well, I say that because as much as I rag on Charlotte Flair, you can't ignore her accomplishments. No. Mm-hmm. The my biggest problem with her, she's only done it in WWE, and I really feel like she's gotten that because of her name. Mm. It's hard That's to a argue. fair assessment. Yeah. I mean, she's no slouch in the ring. No, but she's not as good as she says she is. I mean, three quarters. The thirteen-year-old wrestles better than her. Wow! Oh. Wow! <laughs> Shots fired. Oh, I'm, that I'm is, going there. I'm going. That is there. some shade. Damn, I that love it. Sixteen year old that she's wrestling at the New Blood show on YouTube here in a couple of weeks is better in the ring than Charlotte Flair. I love this. I just love the shade. <laughs> I love it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Bianca Belair, but mm-hmm. she's not fit to tie most of the Joshi shoes. Charlotte Flair is not fit to lick the dirt off of most of this. I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm gonna. I get this all the time from TWM Bam in real life. They know how much I hate Charlotte Flair. Yep. And it's nothing against her personally. I don't know her. Yeah. But it's the same shit. Time and she's boring. Yeah, she hasn't really brought anything new to the table. I can I can admit that. Yeah, she has not evolved once since she came to WWE. It's the same character. It's boring. It's stale. I'm sorry. No, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. No, you're right. And like, here's the thing. I was actually happy that they took the belt off of Ronda Rousey. So I wasn't like, I wasn't like, it was almost like, well, if it had to be Sean Flair, at least, you know, it's, it's somebody and it's not Ronda Rousey, you know, as we all can attest. I mean, they could have built a story around it, but I don't know why they they didn't. Why they keep teasing me with it. Like we thought, I thought we had something going and then she came back and I'm like, well, there goes my idea again for the second time. I was right there with you, Shay. I wanted <laughs> Shayna and Ronda. Like, come on, because Shayna would murder Ronda. Like, that's a that's just a fact. Like, yeah, granted, you know, I know you better than anyone else. Shayna would run circles around Ronda in that ring. Wow, you guys are just out for blood. You know that Shayna actually wrestled in Stardom. Yeah, Ronda yeah. is no, is <laughs> adamant. <happening>, so. <laughs> Shayna has experience in stardom, and mm-hmm. that puts her a leg above most of the women in WWE. Yep, because it's just a different style. Yeah, yeah I mean, hell, her and Io Shirai went to war over there too, so it's it's a big deal. Yeah, I, definitely. I will add too, since I mentioned bringing up greatest of all time. Your goat is Monami Toyota. Monami Toyota. Okay. And that's my list. Look her up. She's pretty much on. She and Aja Kong are the gold standard of women's wrestling. Ooh, nice. You want to be considered the goat? You have to equal them. Now my thing is, what about what about Mika Satomura? Where does she rank on that? 
Mako Satomura is in the top 15 for me. Ooh, that's a... That's, a, that's okay. surprising, because I know that she's she's like the final boss in Japan. She is, but... Okay. Let me... I actually am looking at my list right now, mm-hmm. and the top five that I have are Manami Toyota, Aja Kong, June Byers, mm-hmm. Bull Nakano, and yeah. Asuka. It's a pretty good list. They're my top five. And if you want to go to 10, it's Kairi, mm-hmm. Mayu Iwatani, Mildred Burke, Gail Kim, and Mickey James. Wow. Yeah. That's a and list. And it's as a heck of a list. As Mako Satomura is, those names are just better. Yeah. That's true. I mean, Io Shirai didn't make my top 10. Yeah. Which is saying something. So. And Stiff I love critic. Io. Hey, sometimes you gotta be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, th- like I said, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, just learning about all these names, and now I have so much to look forward to, something new to look up. So definitely uh, look out for those names, and hopefully we can bring more uh, Joshi stuff to the podcast. Uh, yeah. Jeff, now you, you had said in the pre-production meeting, your podcast is on hiatus. You're currently looking for a co-host. Uh, to help yes. you out with the podcast. Yes, unfortunately, doing it on my own proved to be really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I only got about four episodes in before I found that I was actually overwhelmed. Yeah. There's just there's so much going on in the Joshi yeah. world on mm-hmm. a daily basis. Yeah, and all I was doing was basically bringing you results. I re- really want someone that i can actually talk to about this to go on the podcast with we can go back and forth about the shows about the wrestlers you know maybe we could even do something where we pick a wrestler and we go over their best matches you know yeah you you have you have endless content yeah i really do i do there's 14 strictly joshi promotions in japan (sighs) 14 and, Jesus. and we only cover two here yeah. and, I don't, and i only cover stardom in tokyo joshi pro wrestling on the podcast yeah. because that's all that i'm physically capable of doing <laughs> yeah i don't get i would love to be able to watch all of this and go over everything but i am one person i can't do it the podcast yeah. would be three four hours long and just me <laughs> running my mouth yeah yeah I, I need that dynamic like you and Shay have. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can help you find a podcast partner uh, yeah. for your podcast because, like I said, you have endless content and a big brain for this stuff. And I think it's definitely something that is unique, uh, something that is not done very often. I don't see very many Joshi, strictly Joshi podcasts no. out there. So I think you have a market and uh, hopefully we can help you find a co-host. Yes, that that would be awesome. There are a few Joshi podcasts, but like you said, there's not an abundance. Mm-hmm. There's really not. Joshi's surprisingly a rather niche market mm-hmm. because of how, and I say that, but I think the biggest problem is because there's really no way for most Americans to watch it. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, New Japan War- has New Japan World. 
I think that if they were to combine theirs with Stardom World and actually put out an app, that would help Stardom. Oh, yeah. Tokyo Joshi is part of Wrestle Universe, which also airs with like DDT. Mm-hmm. So Wrestle Universe is an app. It's seven bucks a month, I think. And you get to watch Tokyo Joshi Pro and like three other promotions. Nice. Yeah, it's that's the hardest thing is just being able to watch it. Yeah. And Stardom does have a streaming service, but they don't have an app. Mm. So you literally got to watch it through the internet. Yeah. Uh, Gotcha. It is what it is. There's a little bit of a delay in them getting their shows out. But Tokyo Joshi will actually air live shows on Wrestle Universe. Interesting. Interesting. So. Yeah, my 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 knowledge would only go as far as like clip hunting nowadays, which would be like the equivalent of like tape trading. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's as far as I can get around it and stuff like that. So this is all very interesting. Like I said, is for me, it's giving me more names to look up and possibly expand my my wrestling knowledge. So I thank you for that. Yeah, same. Absolutely. Um, in AEW. You've seen Emi Sakura and Mei Saruga, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. They air live shows on YouTube for Gatto Move Pro Wrestling. It's just them wrestling in a school classroom using a mat. (laughs) It is the funniest shit, but it is so cool. And that's free on YouTube. They air all the time. Hmm. I think I see a couple gifs of those, like, um, I see. Like, it's it's in a really tiny room, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple gifts. Like, Mesa Ruga will jump and hang on the wall between two windows and <laughs> fall backwards. It's not the most technically sound wrestling in the world, but it's a ton of fun. And for anyone wanting to get into Joshi, that's a good way to start. They have mostly women and some men you're not going to get WWE level production or (laughs) or anything. Yeah. You're going to have fun. And that's all you need, right? You just need fun. Yeah. Yeah. Stardom is going to be airing new blood eight. I think here in a couple of weeks on YouTube live whole show. Wow. They're, they're doing all their new blood shows live on YouTube and it's women from all many, all different promotions. Nice. So if you want to get into Joshi, those are two really good places to start. And they're both on YouTube. They're both free to watch. And it'll wet your whistle and let you see what you're missing. Nice. Nice. You're a good salesman. Right? (laughs) Heard it here first. There you go. There you go. Well, um, like I said, awesome talking to Joshi Wrestling. But why don't we get into what we're known for here on the Ringside Rundown podcast? We are uh, WWE and AEW exclusive. So there's a little bit of news coming out of both, starting with the WWE. It seems like Vince McMahon is back and he wants to sell the company. <sighs> yeah. I mean, you, you, we should have known this was going to happen. He wasn't going to stay away forever. I just didn't expect it to be this soon. It was a, it was a nice, what, five months? Yeah. Did we get that lucky? <laughs> yeah, was it that, was it really that long? Because it didn't feel like it. But 
it doesn't feel like it at all but um according according to what's been released they say that nothing creative wise is going to change in wwe nothing as far as like the creative management is going to change this is all just boardroom uh stuff and obviously for me the most glaring thing is instead of keeping the company in in your family for generational wealth yeah. you would sell it off to the the whoever's got the most money yeah money talks unfortunately something we've said on this podcast plenty of times oh yeah should be a trademark honestly but um yeah it's that honestly doesn't surprise me that's probably going to be his last like f you to everybody is just well you know what if i can't have it i'm just gonna sell it and make as much money as i can it's funny that you say that because in the pre-production meeting jeff and i were talking about it and he had the same exact sentiment he thinks it's a it's a middle finger to triple h and stephanie yeah i totally can believe that because vince is and we've said it before on the show a million times vince is petty with a capital p so yeah i fully wouldn't be surprised if that's what he's doing is just to be a petty old man like he is it's just like what else is new with him well like you said there's companies like warner brothers that are interested in buying a company disney uh i've seen amazon netflix basically the big top 10 companies in the states are all interested in in acquiring the product of wwe um what do you do you do you guys think that the product will change if the company is sold or is it going to be business as usual I almost don't even want to think about it, to be honest. Um, I'll let you go first, Jeff. Well, I'm of two minds about it, honestly. Because on, on the <coughs> one hand, WWE is better than it's been in years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, head and shoulders, much better than it's been in years. Mm-hmm. And I could see, I mean, as much as it ticks me off that Vince would be that petty to sell it when he knows his daughter and son-in-law would run it better. Yeah. But Shay said it best. That's petty with a capital P. And he is a megalomaniac. Yes. Let's, let's be honest. He's a yeah. megalomaniac. If he can't have it, he doesn't want anybody else to have it. As you guys said. Um, do I think a sale would benefit WWE? depends i mean if you sell it to disney oh dear god (laughs) disney would become even more of an evil corporation because they would literally own everything yeah (laughs) it's tough though because they've done some good things with star wars so i mean but then again that's two completely different things wrestling and uh star wars but they also own marvel yeah they do they own Marvel. And let's face it, not all the Star Wars stuff has been great. No. No. I, I mean, that's a whole other podcast for a whole other time. We won't get into that now. But <laughs> you opened up that can of worms, Shay. We're not going to open up that can of worms because I feel like my opinions would um, light Twitter on fire, probably. Um, and not. Oh, Twitter, Twitter I don't, even, I don't even watch Star Wars and I want a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> Honestly, I can give you the short Cliff Notes version of it. I don't need any of the Star Wars things, honestly. Like, I love them all for different reasons, which is a very, like, minority thing to say. Because people... It, it's a very toxic thing in 
on in the Star Wars universe with some fans where it's if you don't like this certain thing, then you're not a real fan. If you like this, you're not a real fan. It's just like, let people enjoy things. That's my tip of the day. Just let people enjoy things. Who cares? Yes. If you don't but like that's it. that's in the wrestling world. Exactly. So I don't I don't think I would necessarily want Disney, though, to get a hold of it. Um, I sure as hell wouldn't want uh, Netflix because I don't have a Netflix account. So that would really suck. Um, oh, can you imagine? Oh, hey, oh, if you want to watch live TV, terrible. put it on Netflix. Like, please don't. I'm begging you, please don't. Amazon wouldn't be much better. I don't know. It, it, oof. It's just, I don't know how Could to feel about what would happen. Could it benefit them, though? Yes. Could it hurt them? Yes. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. Uh-huh. I think so, too. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it is that it is that double-edged sword because um, it's just so weird that, that Vince would be that petty that he wouldn't want to yeah. keep it for generational wealth and set up his grandchildren. You know, I think Shane was the smartest one. He got out of the business and made Ow. business for himself, yep. you know. And made his own his own wealth. Maybe because he saw the writing on the wall. He knew that uh, WWE would never be his. On It's on some Game of Thrones type level stuff. Yeah. It's, it's something With else. A much more interesting plot line. Yes. Yes. Yep. At, at least getting towards the end. The plot line is a lot more entertaining. They yeah. say that the company could be sold within the next three to six months. Uh, they, they've hired JP Morgan to oversee the sale. Uh, the company so this is a very real thing that is happening uh yeah. it's, it's it's really real that a mcmahon can will not be running wwe which it's, is so crazy yeah who would have thought we'd hear that phrase uh ever honestly because like you said you would just expect him to just be there forever and now mm-hmm. that's not happening anymore so it's uh uh, crazy crazy times we live in as a wrestling fan in 2023 who would have thought we would be talking about this right now yeah i, di- I didn't see it happening but uh of course uh it's vince mcmahon so if he can't have it no one else can no i just had in his family I just had a funny thought oh god what if tony khan bought it that's <laughs> what people are saying on twitter and i'm like mm-hmm. what are you crazy that would be an ultimate f you to everybody it's just oh i could honestly stranger things have happened so i would not be surprised but i'll believe it if i see it yeah that'd be one of those things like that's like bigfoot is real you know (laughs) tony connell's every wrestling thing in america now yeah yeah that would be nuts that would be nuts oh yeah hey it would get that forbidden door open faster oh it definitely would it definitely would i would love this is the thing i've always wanted companies to work together but that'd be that'd be on some monopoly stuff you know yeah that would take, the, shi- w- that would take the luster away from it i would think like yeah. forbidden door wouldn't really be as shiny as if it was owned by separate people yeah it definitely wouldn't but speaking of forbidden door uh there's a chance that someone could be coming back to AEW or that they want to come back to AEW and do business properly with AEW. And I'm speaking of one CM Punk. What do you guys think of CM Punk possibly coming back to AEW? That's another one of those. If I'll, be- I'll believe it when I see it. Cause... You don't think it's it, there's there's any merit to the rumor? Um, I'm not so sure about that. I'll save my full explanation for a little bit later in the show. But uh Again, stranger things have happened. We never thought he would ever come back to wrestling, period. So 
then that was obviously uh, proven untrue. So, I mean, if he's convinced enough and if, uh, I don't know, maybe Tony gets his word that he'll be on his best behavior, maybe he will come back. Who knows? Do we really trust Punk to be on his best behavior, though? No. <laughs> At this rate, his leash would be about a centimeter long because... I was just yeah. about to say, even in WWE, he was known for this type of crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, don't get Phil Brooks, the wrestler. CM Punk is not bad in the ring. No. I'd rather watch him than Jericho. Yes. Thank you. Yes, we agree with that. Yep. But I don't know if he's worth the drama. Yeah. You've said that before. Um, Like, we said the same thing about Mercedes Monet. Yeah. The drama sometimes isn't worth the, the draw. Yep. Right. And yep. unless CM Punk can prove that he's not going to be stirring up drama backstage, starting fights, putting people down, whatever the hell he's been doing backstage that got the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega pissed off, I wouldn't take the chance with him. Yeah. If I was Tony Khan, I would say, this is your leash. These are your lines. You stay in those lines or you're gone. Yeah. No questions asked. Yeah. I and think I, that's wouldn't the... put him, I wouldn't put him anywhere near that title again. No. That's the thing with Tony Khan is I think he's having trouble separating himself as a boss. Yeah. And saying no. I think he kind of comes off as someone who wants to be everybody's friend. Mm-hmm. You know, and in in this industry where there's a lot of ego and stuff like that, you have to be able to say, no, that's not the direction that we want to go in. You know, we want to take it a different route. I think he just he's just too much of a people pleaser. Yeah, I can agree with that. And I think that's going to be one of the downfalls of AEW. I hate to say it. Tony Khan needs to toughen up. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know if he needs to bring in intermediaries between himself and the talent. Mm-hmm. What he needs to do, but he needs to freaking set down the law. Yeah. And he needs to stick with it. Yeah, because a backstage brawl like that happening is something that's not Ooh. heard of. Not yeah. heard of in a professional capacity. No. They could kill a smaller company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It almost did. Yeah. If AEW wasn't as big as it is, that brawl would have killed the company. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. Interesting stuff going on in AEW. But I do have to give them credit. I felt like in the aftermath of everything, they did a good job of cleaning it up. Maybe because it spooked them. Yeah. You know? Like you said, it could have crippled them as a company. You know? So maybe that kind of spooked them. Because they cleaned it up very well. And... uh. I'm sort of enjoying the direction that AEW is going. And this is kind of going yeah. into uh, what our next segment is. It's about mo- mostly about 2023 and what we want to see in 2023 and yeah. what we enjoyed in 2022. Um, you know, so I feel like I'm enjoying AEW a lot more. They still can get better. But yeah. I, I, for the past couple of weeks, I've actually been enjoying the show. I have too. I... They have a lot of good storylines going on. I'm 
hoping we're not getting fooled with uh, the House of Black being legit now. I'm hoping that continues to be a thing because, you know, we've been screaming at them to have gold for, oh, I don't know, their entire existence in AEW. So maybe that's a thing. Uh, they have some good storylines going with the women, which is something we haven't really been seeing for a while. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been good. Yeah, definitely. Well, like I said, uh, we have this list of things that we want to see in 2023. Not only that, but things that we enjoyed about 2022. So why don't we get into it? First on the list is the breakout male star of the WWE for the year 2022. Who do you guys think was a breakout star in their own right that kind of broke away from everybody else and made a big deal? I feel like there's only one name that you could really put for breakout star for male for wwe it's sammy Zayn. like it was too nope. easy it was way too easy like every time he was on tv you just wanted to see what he was gonna say if he when he it wasn't even a matter of if when he was gonna break the bloodline on live tv like how many times did you have the usos and roman just trying not to laugh in the middle of a super serious segment because he just said like the dumbest shit but it just <laughs> was so funny it was just uh and the worst part is, is that it's not like he really did anything remarkable in the ring. It was all like out of the ring promo kind of stuff. So yeah. that's pretty impressive because normally, because that was a tough thing for me where I was like, yeah, he did a lot of like good promos and like stuff like that, but he didn't really do anything remarkable in the ring. And I always try to like throw the in ring stuff into it, but he was just so good on the mic that you almost had, you had to make the exception. Definitely. Definitely. For sure. Uh, Jeff, who was your breakout male star for WWE? So as much as I agree with Shay about Sami Zayn, there is another name that comes to my mind, and I'm almost loath to actually say it. Oh, boy. And that's Austin Theory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Austin Theory, despite coming in and being McMahon's chosen one, yeah, and pretty much getting everything handed to him on a silver platter. Literally. Has almost... Turn almost completely turned his career around. Yeah, definitely. He he's getting better on the mic. He's becoming that arrogant heel that he should have been from the very beginning. Yeah, and the more that he's working with the talent that he is working with Seth Rollins, working with let's say he they put him in the ring with Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. Austin Theory could be someone to get to Cena's level even if it's as a heel yeah Austin Theory has the potential and he's starting to show it and I think he had a better 2022 than we give him credit for yeah I, I I would have to agree with all those points that you brought up that's the thing about Austin Theory I've said it before I'll say it again when I saw him in Evolve I was like that guy is a prototypical WWE superstar. When they pick him up, he's going to be a big deal. Luckily, like you said, he got some of that McMahon chosen one funk off of him because we know that usually doesn't translate well because the yeah. same thing happened with Drew McIntyre, you know? And it kind of it kind of didn't do anything, any any favors for the beginning part of his career, no. you know? So, no, but, again, it, but, yeah. but again, Austin Theory's figured out a way to make it work. These matches that he's been having have been really good, especially the match he just had on Raw, the first Raw of the year against uh, Seth Rollins. That match was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, but unfortunately, it looks like Seth Rollins might have 
uh, damaged his knee, so we don't know how long he's going to be out of action. So, that did you see the clip from that? No, I didn't. Um, a fan shot a video of Seth throwing up the X, Ew, that's and the not ref good. letting and the ref letting the match continue. When Seth went off on the ref after the match, oh wow, wow! And it took that long for the ref to throw up the X that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. So I think Seth was legitimately hurt in that match. Oh, damn. Wow. Well, and that... I bet I bet that's why things went the way they did. Yeah. That's wow. not taken away from the match. The match was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And that's... Austin Theory showed what kind of a match he can have against someone of Seth's talent. Yeah. That's very true. Very true. But this if you throw up the X something's wrong and some that needs to be taken care of you don't let the match go yeah that makes it worse that's a bad image Mm -hmm. definitely for sure i really don't know what else i can say about it the only other thing is like why why was it allowed to continue after the x was thrown up yeah because it's not like wrestlers do that all the time where it's like, oh, I stubbed my toe. Let me throw out the X. If he's throwing the X up, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah for yeah, sure. That was that was kind of dumb on the ref's part. Yeah. All right. So moving on, uh, much like the male uh, breakout star of 2022 for the WWE, who was the female breakout star for 2022 WWE? I'll let Jeff go first on this one. Uh, for me, it was Liv Morgan. Ooh, yeah. good choice, good choice. Um, I mean, I've loved Liv since NXT. I've loved mm-hmm. her in the Riot Squad. I think 2022 showed that she can actually start coming into her own. Yeah. I mean, she, ha- she won money in the bank. She had the... She had the title. Yeah. And I hated how WWE booked her for that title. Yeah. But she still held gold. And mm-hmm. that was huge for Liv. Liv Morgan can be a big player in WWE. They just need to give her the time and the attention that she deserves. Yeah. I'd rather see Liv Morgan on my screen than Lacey Evans. Absolutely. Yes. Than Sonia Deville. Okay. Than... Well, all right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll disagree on that one. But okay. <laughs> Jay, I'm only saying it because I don't like Sonya's character. I, yeah, I, I know. I like I agree. her ability in the ring. Mm-hmm. Sonya's damn good in the ring. Yes. But her character needs a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. The, we need some new stuff from her, but I agree we on do. that. I agree on that. We do, but Liv Morgan, as much as Bianca Belair was awesome, I can't call her breakout because we've known no. how good she is. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I mean, agree on that you one. can't even say that you can't say that Ronda Rousey is a breakout star. <sighs> no, not even close. I mean, realistically, when you look at the WWE roster for the whole year, there was no one as more deserving of it than Liv. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I mean, in latter months, you could say Dakota Kai. You could say Io Shirai. You could. I mean, hell, I'm hoping Tegan Knox can oh, be up there. I hope, but they came they came in too late in the year for me to consider them. Yeah, right. me am too. So, 
Mia Yim. I lo- I'm loving that she's back, and I love what yes. she's doing with Styles in the OC. Yep. But it was too late in the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. So for me, it's Liv. What about you, Shay? Who do you have? Uh, I the name I'm gonna give is something is someone I don't think you would have expected me to say a very long time ago, but um obviously Liv was a good one too. Uh she was on my like uh honorable mentions list, but as much as it pains me to say it, I had to say Mandy Rose. Ooh. I know. This one I want to hear your explanation for. Because when let's be honest, when she first got the title, we both came on the show and was just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> why are they why are they giving it to her? She like has no personality it's just she's pretty she's just a pretty character whatever but then as the longer she had the title it kind of it didn't turn into what we've been like saying with jade cargo where it's like oh it's the same stuff over and over and over again there's really no improvement it's just the same stuff all over she got better as time went on and she didn't fall into the trap that we've said of the title making her she made mm-hmm. the title so based on the fact that she was having really good matches throughout the year and she did, she was a pretty good champion. I'll say it. I'll admit that I was wrong because we did not wow. think we were going to say it. Um, and again, shame that uh, her career in WWE ended the way it did. That was a whole other can of worms we opened last time, but yeah, I would say definitely live was a good one. Like I said, Mandy Rose was my pick, but I also had a couple honorable mentions. Uh, I had Roxanne Perez and Rhea Ripley. Because, Two really good names. Yeah, because, I mean, Rhea, come on. I mean, I only put her as, like, my last honorable mention because kind of I kind of put her in the same air like uh, Jeff did with Bianca, where it's like, we know how good Rhea is. It's just a matter of them letting her show it. And hopefully uh we'll get to see that at the rumble but i'll save that for another uh wish list but uh yeah i would say mandy definitely with roxanne and ria is my honorable mentions those are good ones i like those definitely i definitely i pulled up up the i pulled up the women's championship listing for nxt Mm -hmm. just to see combined days all that other stuff so we know Asuka had her 522-day reign before she vacated. Mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler had 416. Yep. So Mandy Rose was really close to going into second place. I'm glad it didn't. But... She, <laughs> she surpassed Bailey. Yeah. She surpassed Charlotte. Mm-hmm. She surpassed Io Shirai and Paige. Yeah. I don't know what WWE saw in her, but she was making it work. Yeah. Which I think days. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's definitely but that's a name I didn't expect Shay to mention. But <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely happy with that. I, I have to agree with those names. You had to keep um, you on your toes. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um switching sides, we're gonna go over to the AEW side. Uh, breakout male star for AEW in 2022. Who's got the first one? I guess I'll just go back and forth, I suppose. Um, this one was tough for me because I literally wrote down uh, five names. Mm. The one I had at the very top of the list was Hook. Because was just as quickly as he came on and just how quickly he just got the hang of things. Mm-hmm. It was just like, 
it's insane. And the kid's younger than I am, I'm pretty sure, or about my age, <laughs> which is, again, just, uh, you know, that hurts. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'd say just as quickly as... And it was one of those where he could have easily just crumbled under the pressure because... He kind of, it kind of just started off as a joke almost. I mean, how we like made the joke all the time on the show when like Jack mm-hmm. would like say stuff about like Hook and whatever. And oh, he was like the next like God skipped to wrestling. And we're like, okay, yeah, sure. And then when he actually got in the ring, we're like, I don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> is he going to like not live up to the hype? Because they put a lot of hype on that kid. And uh, I'd say he did. I'd say he definitely uh, withstood the, <laughs> the pressure and uh, lived up to the hype. Um, my others were uh, Swerve, because obviously people know I love Swerve. Um, uh, Wheeler Yuta, The Acclaimed, and Kanosuke Dukashita. Those those four were, they were up there on my list too, but got to give it to Hook. Those are some good, are some good names. I, I, I agree with you on Hook, because Hook was my choice as well. Uh, but another name, I feel like it's going to be another one that you mentioned, Kanosuke Takeshka. I feel mm-hmm. like he's going to. He's going to be a big star in AEW. They already have him in big matches. I mean, he's going to be taking on Brian Danielson on yep. Dynamite this Wednesday, which is going to be a match that I'm looking forward to seeing. So oh, yeah. look out for that. Jeff, who do you have as your male breakout star for AEW? <sighs> I want to agree with Shay and say Hook, but I want to give somebody different. Yeah, that's fair. I really do. Um, you could you could go a lot of different ways. You could say Wardlow. Yeah. You could mm. say Wheeler Yuta. You could you could legitimately say Brian Danielson because mm-hmm. yeah. of the year that he had. But for me, it's Jungle Boy. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Another um, one. Jungle Boy, you know, he did deal with injury and all that other stuff. But I think Jungle Boy's quality of matches this year have been really really good they have and i love that they're actually teasing putting him and hook together yep jungle hook jungle hook the those two could be called the handsome devils yeah i mean you could literally name any that tag team anything and those two as good as they are will be one of the best tag teams in aew But Jungle Boy had killer match after killer match after killer match. Not counting the fiasco with Christian Cage. Yeah. That whole that whole nightmare of a match where they turned Luchasaurus for some god awful reason. Twice. (laughs) It's like, dude, pick a what'd you do? Flip a coin and decide, oh, I'm gonna be a heel today? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pick a side. But I hook is easily my number two. It's nice. just, I yeah. want to give credit to Jungle Boy for the year that he yeah. had. That's a good one. No, you're definitely, yeah, that's definitely a good choice for sure. Um, Like you said, he's had quality match after quality match. So Jungle Boy is definitely a, a good choice to have. Um, Now we go over to the female. Who is the best breakout female for uh, AEW in the year 2022? Who wants to take the first one? I feel like uh, I think it's my turn. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like I know it's what we're Jamie gonna say. Hater. Yeah, like come on. It's That's, Jamie Hater. It's no contest. I mean I am not a fan of Jade Cargill. As mm-hmm. you guys have gotten from my questions. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see the hype. No. 
she ha- she has the look, but to me, she's mediocre on the mic. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't have the in ring talent that someone in her position needs. Yeah. On the flip side, Jamie Hayter has scratched and clawed her mm-hmm. way from stardom to where she is now. Up until she appeared on AEW television, she was still listed on Stardom's internal roster. Hmm. But because of COVID, she wasn't allowed to get there. So going to AEW was a huge, huge career boost for Jamie Hayter. She went from someone who was only really getting recognized as a tag team specialist in Stardom to, holy shit, she's at the top of the mountain. And she earned it. Mm -hmm. Jamie Hayter probably had the most natural progression to a fan favorite that I've seen in AEW. Mm -hmm. It it came out of nowhere. I didn't expect her to have that popularity, but she deserves it. Jamie Hayter's a hell of a wrestler, and she never got the credit that she deserved in stardom despite the fact that she was in one of the biggest stables in Oedo Tai. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she was able to not only win the interim women's championship, but to get that interim title taken away and to be the real women's champion yeah. was huge for her. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to see what AEW does with her. Yeah, me too. I, I agree. Yeah, Jamie Hader. Uh, yeah. What about you? I know you said Jamie Hader as well, Shay. Yeah, I I didn't even have an honorable mention. It was just Jamie Hader. Like, <laughs> it was no contest. She was absolutely the biggest breakout. I mean, honestly, I think it's you could even make the argument she was the biggest breakout star. Period from AEW this year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Jeff took pretty much all the words right out of my mouth. Where she had pretty much the most organic rise to glory that I have seen in quite some time anywhere because I even remember way back in 2019 when she was Brit's first opponent back in Pittsburgh. Like that, I remember that. I mean, obviously I was there, but I just remember that that was who she was facing. And then, so when she came back the second time around when Brit had the title, I knew exactly who that was. It was funny because nobody else did. And I'm like, no, that's Jamie Hayter because I can pay attention. And (laughs) it's just, I put two and two together from the show before. And just to see just that organic rise was just insane. And yeah, I hope she has a very long title reign. I hope she has one of the best title reigns in AEW history. Maybe not to Brit's level. We'll get me, maybe we'll get there, but that feud, whenever it does happen, I am so excited for because those two are going to tear wherever they are up. They're just going to bring the house down wherever they are. Should be good stuff. And I have to agree with you guys on Jamie Hayter. She's just the, the organic rise that she's had um, just as a fan favorite. Uh, definitely makes her a breakout star. And like you guys said, both male and female, I probably would pick Jamie Hayter. Because of her, just just the organic way that everything is happening with the fans and everything getting behind her, and she's the rightful champion, and she definitely is making that title seem very, very important. Completely agree. All right, I so, I couldn't have said it better. Yep. All right, so moving on, I wanted to know what you guys thought was the best booking decision in 2022 for WWE. What was the best booking decision storyline? 
what do you think uh, behind the scenes was the best idea that WWE had this year? Uh, pretty much all the bloodline stuff. I think that was pretty easy for me because yep. it was must-see TV. And I know that you're like itching to talk about it because that's been like your favorite <laughs> thing too. But it's like, it was just, again, it was must-see TV. We talked about just, again, every time you watch that segment, you're like, I want to see what happens next. I want to tune in next week to see like what Roman does, what Sammy does, what the Usos do, what Solo does. It's like you wanted to tune in every single time. And the only other thing in WWE that kind of rivaled that was Wyatt coming back. So mm. it was it was pretty much a no contest on that one. It was definitely whatever they were doing with the bloodline at the time because they always somehow made it must-see TV and it did not get old and it still isn't old. Like you still want to watch it because... We were saying before, I don't know how long this is going to last. People, wrestling fans have short attention spans. And the fact that WWE has still been able to make this must-see for, Jesus, almost, what, a year or so now? Even more? It's mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah, I got to agree. I think for me, it's that the bloodline has so many layers to it. I mean, yeah. we're just starting to see the potential in Solo Sokoa. I mean, he took that match, that Music City street fight with Elias. I thought it was going to be a joke of a match. It was yeah. actually pretty entertaining. And then that Uranagi on the piano <laughs> kind of did it for me. I was like, wow. uh, yeah, that had to hurt. This yes. match was incredible. So, the, And then you look at Sami Zayn, who's obviously there's going to be something here that's going to happen in 2023 with Sami Zayn in the bloodline. It's just a matter of what and when, yeah. you know, what exactly are they going to do with Sami Zayn to maybe break him away? Are they going to make him a main event star or is he going to go the route and take the belts away from the Usos? Maybe with Kevin Owens. And then you have the match that he has coming up with Kevin Owens, which is must see. Then you have the Usos who constantly have banger matches after banger matches with their eyes closed. It seems yeah. Like they can do no wrong in the ring. And then obviously Roman Reigns, the, the tribal chief, the head of the table, the goat who's just been killing it. I mean, the bloodline to me is the best storyline in WWE from 2022. And I think it's going to carry over in 2023 pretty predominantly. What do you say, Jeff? As much as I hate to agree with you, <laughs> I do. The bloodline honestly is the most entertaining thing that WWE has had in God knows how long. I I can't even recall the last really interesting storyline and booking decisions and everything that they had that doesn't involve the bloodline. Mm-hmm. It's been probably since the Attitude Era that I've been this interested in something in WWE. Wow. Man. I mean, but that said, I would also really like to give triple h a lot of credit yeah because not only is the bloodline really working but a lot of the stuff that he's started to do is really good why mm-hmm. is coming back damage control imperium yep yeah that's you know? another big one imperium you know it's wwe is in a better place now than it was even a year ago yeah, And the bloodline is a huge factor in that. I mean, to me, Solo Sokoa is almost like a throwback type of superstar. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He, he's got that um, old school, tough as nails type of persona to him. 
And I yep. love that. It's really interesting because he stands out where, you know, Roman Reigns, he's the arrogant tribal chief. He is all that and more. And then you've got the Usos who are just, at times, you don't know if they're going to be the comedic relief next to Sammy, if they're going to be serious. But no matter what match they're in, it's always phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It just shows how damn good they are. They can yeah. take chicken scratch and turn it into gold. Yeah. The caveat to all that is Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. I love how he literally makes them break character every damn time they're in the ring. Yep. It's it's almost like you could make it a drinking game. How many times <laughs> is Sami Zayn going to make the bloodline laugh? Yep. You could probably be drunk after an hour of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just from Sami Zayn and, and the bloodline. It's the most entertaining thing that WWE has on television. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love Wyatt, the bloodline is just so much more entertaining right now. Yeah. I, I really want to see what WWE is going to do with the whole Wyatt six. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. But as far as booking decisions for 2022, you got to go with the bloodline. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Bloodline is definitely the best that WWE has offered in the year 2022. So it's interesting to see how it's going to happen in 2023. So let's flip it over and go to AEW. Uh, What was their best booking decision in 2022, do you guys think? Jamie Hayter. Yeah, it's the worst part. Yeah. It's. Jamie Hayter just pretty much rules AEWs for best decisions for me. Yeah. She, the organic rise, but the best part about it is that they finally got rid of that damn interim label. I hated it. Hated it. I, I'm sorry, AEW, but you're not the UFC. You don't yeah. need an interim champion. If your champion cannot defend the belt, then they get stripped of it. Yeah. yeah. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Putting the belt on a workhorse like Jamie Hayter was the best decision that AEW has made all year. Yep. Interesting. And as there's been a lot of good things in AEW. The uh the House of Black coming back and actually <sighs> looking like the force that they should have been the whole time. <sighs> yes. Hook. Jungle Boy coming into his own. Danhausen. You know, there's, there's a lot of Danhausen. Dear God, don't get me started on how much I wish they would use Danhausen better. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We, we, Dan, would, we would do that, too. As, as much as I love a lot of the things that AEW has done, nothing compares to Jamie Hayter for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, I would, uh, I'd have to agree. I, you got Jamie Hayter as well, Shay? Yeah, I had a couple, like, obviously honorable mentions. I had, like, the whole MJF Punk feud, because I thought that yes. was a very entertaining feud. Um, Wheeler Yuta and the Combat Club, you know, getting to that point, I thought that was interesting, too. But solely off the booking decision, putting the title on Jamie, and the caveat is the first time. They learn from Swerving Our Glory and the Acclaim not to immediately mm-hmm. capitalize on when things are going well, because... You would have thought that crowd, and if I remember correctly, it was New York. I think their match, or now, what was it? Their uh, the first title match for the tag belts. They were going to burn that building to the ground because Swerve in Our Glory 
won to the point where they immediately had to make a rematch and then put the belts on the acclaimed. They didn't make that mistake with Jamie. And I was nervous because I thought they were going to. And the fact that they actually full on listened to the fans the first time around and just gave her the belt without a, yeah, but you know, maybe we just need to hold off a little more. And now they knew when to put the belt on her. And that was the absolute best decision they could have made because now I, I just hope this like straps the like women's division to a rocket and just shoots it into the sun because it, it needs it. It needs that shot of energy. And I think it could be Jamie. that could do it. I agree with you guys. Um, Jamie Hayter is definitely, again, the organic rise was something that you don't see very often modern times in wrestling, uh, but it's something that AEW did it the right way. And like you said, you made a good point. They learned from their mistake with the acclaim. They didn't shoot themselves in the foot. They said they took a chance and it's working out for them. So I definitely agree with you guys when it comes to Jamie Hayter. And I think, I honestly think, and this might go for my hot take for AEW, which is our next topic. What is your hot take for the year 2023? I think Jamie Hayter might go a whole year as champion. Oh, I hope. (laughs) I hope. I really would love to see it. I don't have faith in AEW to do it. Yeah. Um, I say that because I look at the situation with Jade Cargill. Mm -hmm. The undefeated streak has gotten old. Yes. And I'm sorry, you're not Asuka. You're not even (laughs) Goldberg. The, The undefeated streak needs to be used for somebody who has the talent and the believability yeah. to be that dominant force. And Jade Cargill is not that person. No. But when you look at Jamie Hayter and the women's division of AEW as a whole, it's getting better. Yeah. It still has a lot of obvious kinks. There's a lot of issues that need to be worked out. But I don't see them having the wherewithal to actually keep the belt on Jamie Hayter for the year. I think she's going to end up being sacrificed to Jade Cargill. As much as I hate to say it, and I don't think Jade deserves it, but given how AEW has protected and given Jade Cargill the world, I could see them sacrificing Jamie Hayter to her, and I would hate to see it. That's definitely a hot take. Yeah, I I will definitely it disagree with that one. To say that, yeah, I will I will definitely disagree with that one because that's going to go against uh, one of my wish list things. But um, I do agree though. Jade, it's just it's she's not doing it. There, it's just gotten to the point now where it doesn't matter who they throw in next to her as her opponent. I'm just like she's going to win. Like it doesn't even it's not even a challenge anymore. And first off. I was hoping I could talk about this just a little bit. Um, It made absolutely no sense that her and Red Velvet had that match with Sky Blue and who else was it? It was. uh, Yeah, Sky Blue. It was Red Velvet, Sky Blue. Yeah, it was Sky Blue. Was was it? Either way, um, whoever it was. The fact that if I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, Sky Blue lost and then Mm -hmm. literally a few days later got a title shot. (laughs) that shows you they have nobody they legit have no one i mean granted we know what the way the storyline's going it's gonna be red velvet next and she's not beating jade either so until my wish list item comes true 
I I can't see anybody beating Jade. And I just hope, like, I hope Jeff's hot take does not come true because I do not want Jamie going anywhere near Jade. I don't either. I don't. I really do not want Jamie Haver anywhere near that woman. No, <laughs> not even close. All right. So on the flip side, what is your hot take for 2023 and the WWE? Well, hmm. I was going to say, I forgot who went first. Whoever wants to go. Ladies first this time. Okay. Uh, so my hot take, we kind of talked about it in the pre-production meeting. We kind of alluded to it a little bit um, earlier in the show, but wouldn't it be something if Warner Brothers is the one that buys WWE? So not only would they have control of AEW, but they would have control of WWE too. Wouldn't that just be uh, something? The Twitter, the universe, like the wrestling Twitter universe would light itself on fire if that happened. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree. That would be interesting that Warner Brothers would be like the wrestling monopoly of the world, uh -huh. taking over the American wrestling scene and taking the two top companies. Maybe in a way they can make it so that they coexist with each other. But I don't know if that would happen, uh, if that would make any sense. But yeah. uh, that definitely is an interesting take for 2023, especially surrounding uh, WWE being sold in any capacity. Yeah, it's just interesting. But to Warner Brothers specifically, who already run uh, AEW, uh, that that'll be something. It would light the world on fire, and so I'd say that qualifies as a hot take. For sure, for sure. What about you, Jeff? It, I think it would be almost as the equivalent of Bushi Road owning New Japan and Stardom. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But as far as hot take for WWE. That's tough, yeah. Because yeah. there's just so there's so much with the potential sale. I say potential, but it's more impending. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just random thought: what if a foreign company just swooped in and bought them, like Bushi Road? <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. That'd like be interesting. Bushi Road, they own New Japan, they own Stardom. What if they owned WWE as well? Jeez. You would be able to bring in New Japan and Stardom people into WWE. Oh, and that would piss AEW off because their Forbidden Door oh. would be slammed shut. Well, <laughs> AEW does not have a thing with Stardom. I don't know how they should, but they do with Tokyo Joshi. They do yeah. with Gato Move, mm -hmm. but they don't have anything with Stardom. So what I'm actually going to say for my hot take for WWE is that I'm saying it right now. Roman Reigns loses one or both of the titles. At oh, oh, oh boy. I have a feeling that Roman is going to wrestle both nights, put both of his titles on the line, and at least one of those titles is going to be taken from him at WrestleMania. Oh. By whom? That's the kicker. Because mm -hmm. I have a funny feeling that the biggest one he's probably going to lose is the WWE Championship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think he's going to lose it to Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's not about right, unfortunately. Um, and I know WWE really wants the current GOAT, Roman Reigns. They want him to face off against The Rock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If they get The Rock for WrestleMania, Roman Reigns is only going to lose one belt. Yeah. 
he will not lose both belts at WrestleMania if his other opponent is Brock. Yeah. Because they're going to have him, more than likely, to beat The Rock and establish himself as the best. Yeah. The, the true head of the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if they're not going to get The Rock, I would think his other opponent's going to be someone like Seth Rollins. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe you get Bray Wyatt. Ooh, that'd be fun. That'd be so much fun. But yeah. I don't I, I don't think there's any way that Roman makes it to the end of the year with both belts. Wow. No. That's a it's possible. It's possible, but I don't know. You guys are making some compelling arguments. <laughs> That's why those we're are, here. Yeah, those are definitely interesting. Uh what what else is gonna be interesting is definitely what I want to hear from you too. Uh let's start with Jeff. What is your wish list for the year 2023? Uh, are we going by company or are we just doing a generalized wish list? Generalized wish list. Okay. Sure. Let's do this. First. First thing on my wish list involves the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my wish is that Kyrie makes an appearance. Whoa. I would love for that. It is rumored that part of the deal with getting Mercedes to go to New Japan was that WWE was trying to get a hand in Kyrie coming back Ooh. for a main for a Royal Rumble spot. It, it seems like they were really high on Kyrie Sane and they they really loved her, and I'm I'm yeah. shocked that it didn't work out. Yeah. Okay. Part of that was Kyrie's concussion history. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I will never forgive Nia Jax for yeah. pretty much single-handedly ending Kyrie's WWE career. Yeah. But the biggest reason why Kyrie left was that she got married. She yeah. wanted to be with her husband. And I don't fault her for that. No. No, definitely, for sure. She's still a huge international star. It goes to show because they put the IWGP title on her. Mm-hmm. She's the inaugural champion. That makes her one of the goats, hands down. But my first wish list item is that Kyrie is in the Rumble. Yeah. My second wish list item is that Io Shirai gets her chance to shine as a solo competitor and wins one of the belts. Mm-hmm. Mm. Io Shirai, one of the pillars of stardom one of the greatest Joshi to come to the States and who gave up a perfect opportunity to go back to Japan and be a huge megastar to stay in WWE deserves that shot. Mm -hmm. She deserves to have that loyalty rewarded. Yeah. So that's my second wish list item. My third is that we get more Forbidden Door from either company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to see more Japanese stars, male or female, come through and either do one-offs or wrestle for them on a consistent basis. I loved seeing Maki Ito. Mm-hmm. I love seeing Miyu Yamashita. You know, there's so much potential with the Forbidden Door and what it represents that I think it's foolish that the companies are not taking advantage of it more than they are. 
Yeah. I agree. And I would say my last wish list item is as it relates to AEW. I want Chris Statlander to get healthy, stay healthy, and take that damn title off of Jade Cargill. (laughs) And from that point, I want Jade Cargill to never sniff a title again. Wow. (laughs) I would rather see Nyla Rose get a title again. I mean, I'd be okay with that, but... Then see Jade Cargill. Because Jade Cargill... Jake Cargill's not even on Charlotte Flair's level. Oof. Oh, damn. Like, we found your new, like, hate. As much as I despise Charlotte Flair, I despise Jade Cargill more. Oh, wow. So, I think it's safe to say that Jade's your AEW Charlotte Flair. (laughs) Jade doesn't even come close to sniffing Charlotte Flair as far as my hatred for her. Wow. Wow. Damn. Like, to me... Jade is there's a Joshi equivalent to Jade and that's Waka Tsukiyama mm-hmm. Waka has yet to win a match in stardom <laughs> well. and, and she's she's not very good in the ring mm. but she has the enthusiasm Yeah, I see the enthusiasm from Jade but oh, I don't man. see anything else <laughs> I don't I don't get it. So I want Jade to lose that title and then just be a mid-card support at support. (laughs) That's all she deserves at this point. Wow. Her title reign is not working. No. It's not. It's not. No matter what you bring to the storyline with Jade Cargill, it's boring. I'm sorry, Nyla Rose in her hilarity could not bring any enjoyment out of that feud for me. That's true. That didn't do anything for me either. I was just happy then, they were letting Nyla show her personality, be honest, because she has it. I I am too, and that's not taking anything away from Nyla, but that entirely rests on Jade. Yeah, you know, I've heard you guys say it, that the title is not making Jade, she's making the title. But yeah. that's not a good standard. No, for a major title in your company. Mm-mm. If you want that title to mean something, you put it on someone like a Riho, on yeah. a Chris Statlander, on a Nyla Rose, someone who's going to actually add prestige and meaning yep. to the title. You put it on a rookie who doesn't even have the chops to be considered for a championship. Yep. And it just, it didn't make sense when she was given the title. It doesn't make sense that she's been able to keep it for as long as she has. Yeah. I I said it back then and I will say to this day, Ruby should have beaten her in the tournament finals. She had no business beating Ruby. She should have. Ruby Soho should have been the champion. Yep. Bar none. Yep. And while I'm thinking of it, Eric, you had asked the question a while ago about Riho and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. They have never faced each other. Oh, wow. Not once. Damn. Not in a tag match, not in a singles match. They have never faced off against each other. Man, that would be... St- I, I mean, I'm... I can't say enough good things about Riho. I just love yep. her style. I love her whole identity of being 
you know, the lesser of the two in the fight, but always bring in the fight. Yeah. You know, I just yep, love that's, her. That's what makes Riho so appealing. Yep. And a match with her and Kyrie would mm-hmm. tear the roof off of no matter what building they're in. Oh, yeah. So. I yeah. think so. I had a great so there you go. Add another add another wish list item. <laughs> yeah. Give me Riho and Kyrie for the first time. Yeah, yeah, I'm putting that on my wish list. Give, give me another first time matchup. I want Eo and Oscar one on one. Yeah. I've been I've been dying for that. You you see the crowd going crazy for that. Yeah. The crowd every time they link up where it's just the two of them in the ring, the yeah. crowd comes to their feet and they're like, "Oh man, this is going to be good." Uh-huh. But we have yet to get one on one. Just give it to us, please. That's all we want. I've I've been hearing this rumor out of some Japanese circles that Io's sister could be the one to unlock Kana. Ooh. So it could be Asuka going back to Japan and hooking up with Mio Shirai Mm. and talk. Mio talking to Asuka about unleashing Kana. Oof. Interesting. I would love to see but it. On but on the flip side, there's also talks about them trying to get Mio Shirai for a Twin Tails reunion. Oh. Down the nice. line. So that That'd would be, be Mio, Mio and Asuka. Oof. The, like I said, these are just rumors and they don't have a lot of weight to them. Yeah. But they're interesting thoughts. Oh, yeah. Either way, because Mio's a hell of a wrestler. Mm -hmm. She's not on Io's level as far as championships goes. But Mio and Io were one of the best tag teams in Joshi for a long time. And then you added Asuka as the Triple Tails. They were unstoppable. Yeah. I'd love to see how they bring Kana out for Asuka because she desperately needs a new character. Yeah. But I would also love just the first time matchups to actually happen. Yeah. So there you go. That's what I wish for. Those are some good wishes. What about you, Shay? What do you have on your wish list for 2023? All right. I have a pretty sure five. I, and it's so funny because the one I have, the number one I have verbatim is Chris Statlander stays healthy and beats Jay Cargo for the TBS title. Because I've been trying to talk it into existence for a year now. It's going to, I'm just going to say, it's going to happen because nobody else can beat Jade except Stat. Like, the way it is now, it's it's got to be Statlander. Like, if I say it enough times, it might actually happen. So maybe now that Jeff and I have both said it, it'll it'll happen. But most first and foremost, she needs to stay healthy. Like, she's got some bad luck. We, we can't do that again. She needs to stay healthy and get that damn belt off of jade please i'm begging her um this next one's not gonna be very surprising Shayna baszler wins some type of singles title in wwe because i've been screaming for it for uh what feels like almost every episode that we've had all 67 of them uh because i'd say if triple h is in charge he could give her the title run that she had back in NXT and she is more than capable of doing it. So uh, give her the title and take her out of Ronda's shadow, please. Um, Cause I'm getting no, yeah, I'm tired of it. it. She does. She really does. I don't care if even that's biased for me or not. Um, she needs a title and uh, not a tag title. She needs her own title. And uh, 
I was hoping she could take it off Rhonda, but we saw how well that worked. So uh, maybe she'll take it off of Charlotte. I would love that, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I've noticed that the first three of them were all gold. Uh, House of Black wins gold. <laughs> like, give Amen. these people titles. I don't care if it's just Malachi. I don't care if it's Brody and Buddy. I don't care if it's a combination of two of them or they take the trio's titles. Hell, Julia wins the women's title. Just give the House of Black some type of title because they dropped the ball big time with them the first time around. And I hope that they learn from their lesson because we're carrying members of the House of Black. And uh, I think we should be rewarded for our, our uh, I don't know, membership. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our loyalty. We need our loyalty needs to be rewarded. And you know what? Theirs does too, because those three and even Julia too, that whole faction as a whole is too good to not have some type of gold. Um I, I have two more. Speaking uh, of which though, yeah. how good has Julia Hart become so since good. joining the heart of the hot house of black? It is she's so good. I, and when you have the people around you like she does, how could you not? It's crazy how different she is now yeah how much better more entertaining she is i love what the house of black did with her and yeah i'm with you guys i love the house of black they have gotten the shit end of the stick too many times in aew and i agree Mm -hmm. with shay they need gold and they need it in the worst freaking way yeah and honestly i will say the only problem i had with julia was that they pulled the trigger way too late on it where it was almost people forgot that they kind of corrupted her until months later where it's like oh yeah i guess that did happen but now that it did i'd say it worked out very well for her and then both because she's pretty much almost just grown into like she's the puppet master almost of she's the one controlling them she's just kind of in the shadows so i like it i like it a lot it it, it works that's the best part it works because it easily couldn't she makes it work give julia hart all the credit yeah Yeah. i i completely agree i completely agree um speaking of AEW, my next uh wish list items is to let danhausen win more meaningful matches for the love of god Please, please let them be on television yes and please let him have matches that are more than five seconds long and actually he doesn't get steamrolled because it's like Wow, we've said it. I feel like we say it every other episode ad nauseum. If you just go onto YouTube and look at some of his matches, he is a very good wrestler. Besides the fact that he's funny and he's entertaining and I love every time he's on the screen, but he can also wrestle. And you don't have to make him go like very evil Danhausen to do it. Just let him win some matches, something, anything. I'm begging you because the people still love him even after all this stupid shit that they've been doing with his booking he is still hell he was the biggest merch getter for him last year wow he that beat doesn't surprise me mjf he beat punk he beat omega he beat the young bucks he beat them all so maybe you might want to do something with him because clearly he brings you a lot of money mm-hmm. literally all the monies but anyway um, is like maki ito all they want is the money yeah, and to be and the most powerful human being in the universe. So, I believe there is a match for Danhausen on YouTube where he's wrestling Orange Cassidy. I, I honestly, yeah, I feel like I I've watched it before. that clip. Shay. Yeah, yeah, you did because then I went back and actually watched the full thing. And now that you mention it, wouldn't that be something a team with Maki, you know, Danhausen? 
Oh my god, that would be hilarious. I, I would love, love it. the merch. Just the merch they could get from that would be Edo would Housen. be great. Edo House, yeah. Okay, so that's, <laughs> that's another wish list. We need a Maki Edo Danhausen tag team. Um, <laughs> we just a, need Maki Edo to be signed to AEW. Yeah, at this rate, like Period. the stuff with Brit was hilarious. Like I have the screenshot of her and Maki Edo flipping off the camera as a meme on my fault in my memes folder because it's just it's funny. So. Yeah, we need that. And uh, my last one is a WWE one. Let Rhea Ripley win the Women's Rumble, please. She's been oh she's been God. number two like the past two years, right? I believe so. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, it was her and Bianca, and and then her and Charlotte, Charlotte. Then her and Charlotte the other year. I honestly think. Yeah, I think I think she's my pick to win the Rumble this year. Oh, God, I hope so. With the role she's been on, how could you not? And the worst part is, we could have gotten this so much sooner, but she was hurt for most of, what, a good three, four months? So, mm-hmm. God, imagine what we could have gotten when she was fully healthy, but now that we have it now, and we've even said, too, kind of like how Julia is kind of the secret puppet master of the House of Black, Rhea Ripley's a secret, like, leader of uh, Judgment Day, I think. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I just want to see everything good happen to her because I've always loved Rhea. Um, I've, she's always been one of my favorites, so I would love for her to win the Rumble and go on to beat Bianca for the title. That'd be that'd be that'd be a great match, and I think that'd be a great uh, WrestleMania match too. I think Absolutely. it has a good billing to it. Oh, I I completely agree. So uh, we need to see that happen. Imagine right. a world in WWE where Shayna Baszler. And Rhea Ripley are your two top champions. Imagine perfect world in a perfect world. No, 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 no. A perfect world would have them holding those titles, and then the tag team titles. (laughs) I mean, well, we gotta let King Kota have a title, so she can keep the tag title. But, but I'm saying, like, in a perfect world, Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler would make a hell of a tag team. Oh, that team would be great. That team would be so good. It's uh, they would. They'd <laughs> there's so many other things. Um, honestly, I just came up with another one, and I'm not sure why I didn't think of it until now. I want kind of. I'm gonna go off of what Jeff said earlier, where he wants Io Shirai to break out as like a single star in WWE. I want King Kota to do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Because oh, right. King yeah, exactly. If anyone deserves it, it's her. So, uh, yeah, I. Fully believe in King Kota supremacy, and I will until the day I die. So, <laughs> I still can't believe that she has yet to win a singles title in WWE. Oh, she should have beat Raquel for it in NXT. That's another one of those where it's like they made the wrong move on that one. They, she had the whole popularity of that entire crowd behind her, and they couldn't do it. And I hated it. And that's I think I would think hopefully that's one of the biggest regrets of NXT and missed opportunities is not giving her a title. See, I, I would go a little bit differently. I would have had Coda be the one to finally dethrone Io. Oh, that would have been such a good match. Because I'm going to be blunt. Raquel's NXT title reign did no. nothing for me. No. And I, I did not feel that she deserved to be the one to dethrone Io. No, me neither. The, there's only two names that deserve that shot. Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae. Oh, absolutely. One of those two should have been the ones to dethrone EO. Mm-hmm. The fact that it wasn't was a crime. Yeah. Neither of those women have held single gold, singles gold, and they both deserve it. Yeah, so I completely much. agree. So does Tegan Knox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's still, it still blows my mind to this day that in the 
it would have been the 17 May Young Classic. She was going to win the whole thing, which means if I remember the bracket correctly, she would have beat Neo Shirai to get to the finals. So that's a big deal. So yeah, uh, that's one of those horrible, like missed opportunities of just terrible timing because. And bad luck. Yes. Terrible luck. bad luck. Terrible luck. So hopefully Triple H can uh, right that wrong somehow, but we just want them all to do well. If he has the faith in Tegan Knox that he did, he will. Yeah. I, God, I sure hope so. Yeah. Well, those were your wish list items, ladies and gentlemen, for the year 2023. Which ones will come true? You just have to stay tuned and make sure you hang around the Ringside Rundown podcast as we revisit this at the end of the year and see if we were close or if uh, anything came true. Yeah. Hopefully something. At least something. Who knows? All right, Shay, do we have any questions on deck? Um... I'm trying to think. I don't think we had questions, but I think we had like topics that uh, our listeners wanted us to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we kind of talked about a couple of these. Um, and, <laughs> trying to see if we want to go in order here. Um, we'll shake it up. We'll start with Jack's uh, comments or questions. So Jack, thank you for your uh, comments and questions as always. We appreciate it. Um, ooh, who do we think are the top three candidates to dethrone MJF? Jack's three are Ricky Starks, Jungle Boy, or Eddie Kingston. Those are some good picks. I really, you know me. I want to see Eddie Kingston win a world title. Was that on your wish list? That that would be on my wish list. Yes, yeah, Eddie Kingston wins a world title. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. But I think he's going to get corrupted by the House of Black, though. It seems like, which I mean, I'd be okay with. But uh, oh. Eddie Kingston in the House of Black. Yes, please. Yeah, right. Could you imagine? Oh my God. Could you imagine the promos that that faction would have with him in it? Oh my God. I, that's another, that's another wish list, I guess. But, um, I, uh, I think Jack pretty much laid out the three that would be the most likely to beat him. Like I could see jungle boy at some point. You could definitely see Ricky. Um, you could definitely see Eddie. I think out of the three of those, I think I would want to see, as much as I love Eddie, I would love to see Ricky with a title. Yeah. Because yeah, he's, he's got it. Yeah, I would say Ricky would be my second choice. I think there would be a good story to tell between Eddie Kingston and MJF being that um, MJF comes from a wealthy family. He's always yeah. had money and things like that. And that's the complete opposite of what Eddie Kingston is, who's yeah. always come from like the slums and always had to fight in his way to where he is now i think that would be a great story to tell so i would actually um, my wish would be that it would be eddie kingston and i think they could really tell a good story if they put some put some legs behind it yeah i completely agree uh jeff who do you think i would love to see that but i have i'm thinking just based on aew's history and how they've been doing things um, I, I am not wishing this into existence at all. I, want, <laughs> I do not want this to ever happen again. I'm saying this as I'm begging AEW to never do it again. Please do not let MJF and Jericho be in the ring. Oh. Again. Please, <laughs> please no. I'm begging you, AEW. Please don't. We don't want to see that. No, as I'm far as... As far as who do I want to see potentially dethrone him? Eddie Kingston's my number one. Yeah. 
he he freaking deserves it. Eddie mm. Kingston, sh- he should have won the feud with Jericho. Yeah. He should have won most of the major feuds he's been in. Yeah. That he's lost. I love Eddie Kingston. He's my kind of wrestler. I want to see him with the belt. Yeah. That's my number one. Number two, I'd love to see Wheeler Yuta be mm. the one to dethrone him. That'd be a good one. Because I think Wheeler Yuta has a lot of upside to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that he would be a really good young champion for the company. Yeah. Someone that they could build around and take into the next years and their future. Yeah. So Wheeler Yuta is one of my choices. And the other one is a toss-up for me. And I'm saying this because I obviously love the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. Because of Wheeler Yuta. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to see either Claudio or Danielson mm. get a shot to dethrone MJF. Yeah. And it's a toss-up between the two because they're both so damn good and they're so very different. Yeah. I love what they both bring to the table. And I think no matter what, those two would have a phenomenal match with MJF. But I would like one of them, if not Kingston, if not Yuta, to dethrone MJF. Yeah. Because both of them deserve it. Those are good picks. Yeah. I definitely Those are really good picks. Yeah. I, I like that one. I can't complain. Um, I was glad he brought this up because I've been kind of complaining about it um, outside of the show. Is anybody else annoyed about the 3-1 narrative for the Elite versus Death Triangle Series lead? A... 3-1 lead blown in the Stanley Cup playoffs just last year isn't uncommon. Tony should ask uh, Rit and myself about it. I'm Thank you. I'm very aware of that one, Jack. Uh, rubbing salt in the wound again, but whatever. Um, yeah, the worst part is, is that as soon as I saw that they were starting to gimmick the like last three matches, I knew it was going to seven. There, there was no excitement yeah. to it because I knew what was going to happen. Now, who's going to win, though? I'm not sure. It's a, It could be a toss-up, but... Um, yeah, I kind of didn't like how they did it. It just seemed a little too much, I think, and too predictable, like, especially when it came to them. And I feel like the problem is, is like, you kind of just like took away a lot of the luster of that match. Like you're going to see it seven times now. So now it's just going to be like, please, let's not see this again, because we're just going to kind of see the same stuff over and over again. And uh, yeah, yeah, I I knew it was going to go to seven matches because again you can't have a a death ladder match and expect it to not get to that point so yeah it was just uh it didn't do what it was supposed to do i think at least for me wait is this supposed to be an actual death match or is um, it no I don't escalera think. de la muerte so death is in the name so yeah so someone might die but <laughs> someone might okay. die it's a okay. ladder if, death match if this is going to be a quote-unquote death match please for the love of god have it be better than the last one AEW did. That yeah. was just a cop out. Yeah. That was yeah. horrible. Yeah. If you watch a death match out of Japan, those matches are absolute insanity. Yeah. You get pe- you get barbed wire wrapped baseball bats connected to an electrical charge. Mm-hmm. You get actual fireworks. Mm-hmm. Yeah literally get things collapsing and exploding yeah you don't get that wimpy 
whimsical display of firecrackers that Jericho got. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't do it. And this whole thing has been too damn predictable, like Shane yep. said. If they would have at least added some sort of surprise to this, instead of giving it away that it was going seven, freaking, how about you gimmicked every other match? Yeah. Gimmick the first one, gimmick the third one, gimmick the fifth one. You don't need to give away what you're doing like AEW did. Yeah. It would have been mm-hmm. a lot more fun. Don't get me wrong, the matches have been great. I've loved the matches. But at the same time, I think a best of seven has been too long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It could have been a best of three. It could have been a best of five. It could have been a one and done because, frankly, yeah. Death Triangle was a better choice than the Elite. Yeah. I would agree. But the, there's only one trio that should be the ones to dethrone Death Triangle. Yeah. And it's the House of Black. Yeah, yeah, we we, <laughs> we know, oh, we know. But yeah, so that's my take on it. Yeah, yeah, those are definitely good takes, no doubt about it. Uh, anything else left on the on the docket, Shay? Uh, yeah. So we have uh, Mike and uh, Mom sent in some talking points. Um, so we'll start with Mike's. So Mike, thank you for your talking points. We appreciate it. This one kind of uh, I took from both mom and Mike's convert topics of conversation because they were both the same. Uh, so we did ask, what should we cover in this episode? And they both said Vince leaving, which I thought was ironic because clearly that didn't last very long. So, yeah, we kind of did talk about that. It's uh, not surprising. Vince still has an ego the size of the entire earth. Um, and he's just given one more. Well, okay. giving him too too little credit. He's okay, got an fair. ego the size of the universe. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> the size the, of the, the man universe. has a bigger ego than Donald Trump. Yeah, wow. that's Which tough is, to have. And that's saying something. Yeah. So <laughs> damn well that he wasn't going to go down quietly. No, absolutely I not. Mean, the amount of evidence against him was staggering. Yeah. And I haven't heard any resolution to that whole fiasco, but the yeah. fact that he weaseled his way back into power mm-hmm. in WWE shows just how much of a freaking egotistical, egotistical maniac Vince McMahon is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. When you're a majority shareholder, means, unfortunately, you can do what you want. That and he's probably the pettiest son of a bitch on the planet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He it's has like... a perfect opportunity to set up his family. Yeah. For generations, like nope. you said, yep. and he's selling the company. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if it's just that he's going to sell the majority shares, yeah, or yeah. what is actually going to be the sale plan. Like no, that'll I be think if it was the majority see. shares, they would have said that they would have clarified that. Yeah, you, you never know with them though. WWE is weird like that. They they'll are. say one yeah. thing and then they'll do it a completely different way, especially yeah. with Vince. Yeah. You never know what he's going to do. I agree. Unfortunately. Um, oh, actually, I just realized they both uh, kind of brought up the same topic of conversation, too. Uh, Mom warned that as the acceptance of Sammy as an honorary Uso, and Mike said Sammy's year. I mean, what more is there to be said that we already haven't? It was just... Uh, 
entertaining to watch week in and week out because like Jeff said, you almost wanted to make a drinking game of how many times is he going to break the bloodline in mid promo, like on mm-hmm. live TV where you're not going to be able to hide it. He, he found a way to do it time and time again. And it never got old. Like the whole bloodline, it never got old. It just kept getting, it was just still funny week after week after week. And now you kind of want to see how they're going to keep this going or how they're going to end it because it's going to end eventually, but uh, it's a matter of how they're going to do it. So yeah, it was definitely, definitely a plus all around the board. I agree. Definitely. Yeah. Sammy's that Sammy's year and what Sammy did for the bloodline at first, it being a joke, you know, kind yeah. of, yeah. and then, you know, it being a real thing, you know, that just it screams organic and for me, it's just, you know, Sami Zayn as a wrestler is a different story when it comes to Sami Zayn as a promo performer. You know, yeah. he's just as good as a wrestler. So I think now we're getting to like the climax of everything. Like, think of it yeah. as like a roller coaster. I yeah. think we're getting to that crescendo where we're at the top, you know, and it's starting to, it's all going to start coming together where we're going to see Sami kind of make his own way and carve his own path maybe out of the bloodline. Yeah, I agree. What if, what if Sammy ends up being the reason Roman loses one of the titles? Oof. Oh, that could that, happen. That could like, add a whole other wrinkle into that drama. Like, the bloodline's going strong until WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But then something happens, and Sammy decides, I've had enough of this shit. Oof. And he costs Roman one of the titles. We'll get some popcorn for that one. Yeah, right? You want to make the bloodline stay interesting. Yeah. Add that wrinkle. Like, for the longest time, I just assumed that the bloodline was keeping Sammy around because they felt sorry for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not not going to lie. I, I legit thought that. And then I watched Sammy making them bust up and break character on live tv and i'm like oh this is interesting but at the same time you know that this is going to end with the bloodline beating down Sami Zayn. yeah it's just a matter of when so the crowd's going to eat it up too that's the one big factor too oh they will the crowd the crowd will just go nuts for whatever happens yeah but what if the what if the start of it is sammy costing roman yeah so that happens. Let's say that happens in Mania. Roman stews on it, and he just lets it go, lets it go, and then all of a sudden, bam, retaliation. Yeah. Oh. Like makes Sammy think that he's safe. Makes him think that maybe Sammy says he made a mistake. Maybe it was an accident. And Roman's like, you know what? It's cool. I believe you. And he just lets Sammy think he's safe. Mm. And then all of a sudden. Boom, he's done. Oh, yeah. now I kind of want to see that happen. <laughs> set up a wrestling, set up a SummerSlam match between Sami Zayn and Roman. Oh, this is this is some fun fantasy booking. We do, you know we love our fantasy booking on the show, so yeah, I would love to see that. Shay, you and I have said back and forth on Twitter that we could write for WWE, <laughs> and it would be better than anything that they mm-hmm. do. Yeah, Eric and I have said the same thing too. We we all three just need to walk in and just be like, you know what, we got this, guys. Done. Just uh, y'all are fired. We're taking control. Just sit back. We got this. Like it's fine. 
but yeah, that would uh, that would be insane if it happened that way. Yes, it would be insane for sure. Um. All right. So now we have one topic of conversation each between Mom and Mike. Mike's final one was um the CM Punk brawl because that was a thing, unfortunately. And we talked about it. Things like that can actually cripple a company. And yeah. I'm still struggling to find the the reasoning why CM Punk thought it was a good idea to just throw everybody under the bus, throw yeah. Colt Cabana under the I mean, we all know his history with Colt Cabana, but Colt Cabana wasn't even a yeah. topic of conversation. He just threw shots at Colt Cabana and, you know, things like that. It just seems yeah. like it just seems like the man needed to go to therapy, you know, like yeah. he needed a therapy session to let this all out. But instead he let it all out on, on the all out press conference. Yeah. And it ended up being a big thing. Like it was this, this was probably the biggest story of 2022. So I know why Mike brought it up. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I just want to see a happy ending. If, if punk decides, you know, that was my last hurrah in wrestling. Well, there, there's that. And, yeah. uh, if he decides to come back, I mean, it's going to be good business because you have to have that Kenny Omega versus CM Punk match. You just have to have it based yeah. on the fact that these two just didn't get along. You know, it's not like he can fight the Young Bucks one-on-one. -on -one. You know, yeah. imagine if he teamed with FTR to go against the Elite. Yeah. That would be something. Yeah, and I mean, Dax wants him to come back. He pretty much was begging them to make sure everything gets worked out. And it's like, well, that might be... Could be wishful thinking, but who knows? Yeah, it's, it's definitely something. I'll say it again, though. Do you really want that risk? Yeah. As much of a draw as Punk is, do you really want to run the risk that he's going to be able to behave? Yeah, like, and that's a problem. That's one of the things. Punk is a variable. Mm -hmm. He's has almost as big an ego as Vince McMahon. I mean, let's face it, he does. Yeah. It's usually his way or the highway. It's why he left WWE. It's. He has a mouth on him for being as straight edge as he says he is. Mm -hmm. And the man is basically married to someone who would be a great therapist yeah. In, yeah. in AJ Lee. The man just cannot get out of his own way. No. Yeah. And I'm never going to take away from his talent in the ring. CM mm -hmm. Punk is a great talent in the ring. He's one of the best promos in wrestling history. Yeah. But the man cannot get out of his own freaking way. Nope. It's like John Jones in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every, every time he gets to a high, he gets in his own way and it goes away. Yeah. There's... There's no in-between. Either Punk is going to be the best in the world or he's going to be the problem child. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but I almost think AEW would be better to cut their losses. Yeah, it, it's tough because, I mean, yeah, is he a draw? For a little bit he is, but then the novelty kind of wears off. And then once the novelty wears off, we saw where it ended so uh, and how it went. So... Yeah, it's almost like, do you want to even, I mean, uh, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. So it's almost like, 
okay, if you let him do this again, you're you asking. might get a lot of bad reputation from the fans because they'll be like, really, you're, you're going to fall for this shit again? Like, how stupid are you guys? So, I don't know. It's you, guys both, you guys both brought up Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. Yeah. And as great as a match that would be, did y'all see Osprey and Omega? Oh, yeah. And yeah. Wrestle Kingdom? God. Incredible. Can you imagine match. those two on AEW television? Oh, Jesus. I would rather see that any day of the week yeah. than Punk versus Omega. Yeah. It's hard to argue Os- with that. Osprey is a shit human being. There's no doubt. Yes. <laughs> yes. We can agree. Yeah. He, he is not a very good person. No. But in the ring, the man is talented. Mm-hmm. And he him is. and Omega had probably the men's match of the year at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Because it was that damn good. Yeah, it was. It was I, really good. Yeah. And supposedly that's going to be a series of matches, like what they're doing with Death Triangle and the Elite. <laughs> they do love the series, yeah. apparently. But let let some of those play out on AEW television. Yeah. That would be better for AEW than Punk and Omega. Yeah. It'd be a hell of a lot more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. But punk, punk is a double-edged sword in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. You never know if he's going to play by the rules yeah. or if he's going to be the bitch and break all the rules. Yeah. So do you, do you want to run the risk or do you want to just cut your losses? Yeah. If I was Tony Khan, I'd cut my losses and lose out on the money that I paid him. Yeah. It's hard to argue with it. Uh, All right. So is there anything else left on the docket for the questions? Yeah, we got one more and it's uh, mom's one topic of conversation that we didn't cover already. So mom, thank you for your feedback as always. Uh, She wanted us to talk about how some of the women this year dominated their respective companies. And you know what? Yes. They did. I mean, we have talked for how long in the show about Jamie Hayter and her rise to the top of the AEW women's division. You could say the same in WWE for Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley, Damage Control. They all have been a part of some of the bigger storylines in the company. So mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to argue. And Jeff, I'm sure you have your Joshis. Like they have, they've dominated their, obviously their respective uh, promotions. So it's like, yeah, I think the women uh, the women took control this year. I think so too. I think um I think with Triple H taking taking over for those couple months which he should still continue. I know I'm saying like a couple months. It just seems yeah. very, very weird that, you know, Vince is I feel like Vince is right behind me just looking over my shoulder. You know? <laughs> he's just he's just like <laughs> just like looking at you like don't even say it. Don't say yeah. it. But I feel Eric. like yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good one. But I feel like I feel like Triple H um has an affinity for like women's wrestling and he knows how to book it properly. Oh yeah. So I think I think that's oh. why we saw such a especially coming from like SummerSlam when Damage Control debuted. Oh, still one to, of my to, top moments of the year. Till now, look, it only took like four months from SummerSlam till now, and Damage Control is one of the hottest acts on Monday Night Raw. You know. Yeah. So it's it's like you know it seems like Triple H knows what he's doing. 
Yeah, it's like you give the women that actually deserve the time the time, and look what happens. Like, again, especially Dakota coming back at SummerSlam, easily one of my top moments this year, like last year. Like, I was not expecting it at all. As soon as I heard that music, I'm like, wait, did I hear? Am I hearing that correctly? And then I saw the graphic behind Bailey, and I'm like, I literally said, there is no fucking way she's back. There is no fucking way she's back. And then there she was. So immediately, that was just like one of my top moments of the year. And funny what happens when you give people like Bailey and Dakota and EO the time look what happens Mm -hmm. they're one of the hottest things in the company right now so it's funny what happens when people actually see your worth yep definitely for sure I mean Io Shirai proved herself in NXT Yeah, we know how good she is Yeah, Dakota Kai we know how good she is Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is that the women in WWE, in AEW, they're nine times out of ten able to be more entertaining than the men. Yeah. It's why Japan keeps most of the women and men in their company separated. Mm-hmm. Because the women are their own raw. Yeah. Japan knows. Even even Stardom. Stardom <laughs> is notorious for having short matches. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna give them any credit. They keep some a lot of matches under 15 minutes. Yeah. But then you have the bangers that go 45 minutes. You have mm-hmm. the bangers that go an hour. Yeah. You know, the women have proven time and time again, no matter the company, that you can rely on them and that they can carry the workload that you want them to be able to carry. Mm-hmm. WWE just has a terrible history of actually relying on their women. Yeah. And Triple H, you got to give him credit. He has turned that women's division around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it ticks me off that you're still relying on the four horsewomen. You yeah. We're down to three. And the only one with a belt is Charlotte. <laughs> but you're still, you're still relying on the horsewomen when you have... Dakota Kai, you have mm-hmm. Tegan Knox, you have EO, you have Candace, you have all these uber talented women on your roster, but you still rely on Flair, on Bailey, on Lynch, and that's not taking away from them. Yeah. They're all great in their own respective rights. But even in Japan, they know when it's time to make a change. Yeah. Shuri held the title for a year. Mm-hmm. She dominated stardom. Then she lost the belt to Julia at the same show that she defeated Utami Hayashishida for yeah. the belt. It was time for a change. Saya Kamatani, she is still the wonder of stardom champion. She's held that belt for over a year. It's going to come time for a change. You have to roll with what you're given and make changes that make the most sense for your company. Mm -hmm. And WWE needs to start doing that more with their women's division. It was a good step with bringing in Bianca Belair. God, she's phenomenal. She's been naturally gifted and she is so talented. And she has that it factor that a lot of the women in WWE need Mm -hmm. and have. It's just that they're giving Bianca the time and not the others. Yeah. They need 
to get away from the tried and true formula and take a risk. Yeah. I agree. Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox is someone who could carry the women's division. Dakota Kai could. Oh, absolutely. We know how good Io and Asuka are. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much talent in their roster that it's a shame that they just don't use it. Yeah. And the same can be said for AEW. They're bringing in all these Joshi. They had Jungle Kiona. Yep. A woman that I actually met in November mm-hmm. at a Deadlock Pro Wrestling show. She's one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. But she's still so damn good in the ring. And that's coming off a near career ending injury. Damn. AEW has the potential with their women to rival what WWE could do. Yeah, It's just neither of them seem willing to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. And it's a damn shame. Yeah, because you could easily have a competition between those two divisions, bar none. You could. You could take the women's division as a whole, just meld it all together. Yeah. Bring the entire world together. You could do it with your women's division. Mm-hmm. But neither company seems to want to invest the effort in doing it, and it's a damn shame. Yeah. It is a damn shame, and I really wish AEW and WWE could get out of their own damn heads when it comes to the women. Yeah. Most of them could easily be main event players. Oh, yeah. They're just not given that chance. Yeah. I completely agree. I agree. If you couldn't, if you couldn't tell, I can get rather passionate about women's wrestling. Oh no! Hey, no, that's I, good. I feel it. I feel it. I agree. But <laughs> like, that's that's the biggest difference with like Stardom and Tokyo Joshi when it compares to WWE and AEW. I mean, yeah, they're only women, mm-hmm. but they recognize the talent that they have. Yeah, you have your own promotion with just women. Around. Yeah, they spread that talent around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one is a champion for too long. They always know that there's time to change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got all these younger people coming in, pushing out the older generation. Mayu Iwatani hasn't held a belt, like a major belt now in two years. Wow. She had the SWA title, but she only held that for a couple of months. It's crazy. Stardom moving away from the pillars to bring in the younger talent and bring them up. Mm-hmm. It's time WWE and AEW did the same. Yeah. And I'm not talking a younger talent like Jade Cargill, who's not <laughs> putting it all together. I'm talking a younger talent who comes in, shows that they have the skill. They have the drive. They can talk on the mic. I'm not expecting Paul Heyman level promos yeah. from everybody. I'm not expecting punk level. You know, there are gods on the microphone. Yeah. All we want is for the women to be given the chance to prove why they are as good or better than the men. Mm-hmm. And that's where Japan does it right. Joshi Wrestling saved wrestling for me. Yeah. And I will fight for women's wrestling until the day I die because it is the better part of most of the shows. Mm-hmm. I love it. Get the words right out of my it. mouth. I love it. What a way! What a way to cap off 
uh if we don't have any more questions or topics to cover that's it that's uh, that was a beautiful way to cap off uh the episode yeah love just the love and specifically a love of women's wrestling Mm -hmm. you know which i think is going to be on the rise for 2023 so it's a great way to end the episode talking about what we expect in 2023 i expect big things for women's wrestling so uh great to talk about it loved it it was awesome uh thank you guys for sending in those questions by the way yes we always we always appreciate it and we always love talking about women's wrestling anybody who listens to this show has uh heard from me on many occasions and eric too that uh we we love women's wrestling we want to see it thrive and we love to hear other people agreeing with us so it's uh it's good well with that said it is the end of the episode. Why don't we let everybody know where they can get in touch with us? If you want to check out this episode, this episode is available uh, through Anchor FM on all tor- sorts of platforms, wherever you listen to your podcast. All you have to do is search the Ringside Rundown podcast, and it should be available for you. If you can't find it, all you got to do is hit us up on Twitter at Ringside Rundown or Instagram at Ringside Rundown, and we will deliver a link to the podcast for you to listen to. It's available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts, this show is available for you. If you can't find it, we will give you a link on a silver platter, mm-hmm. an actual silver platter, a still real silver it. platter. We'll still have it. It's collecting dust. So it put is. it to good use. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me and talk about wrestling, uh, all you have to do is search me up on Twitter at wrestling cron. That's wrestling C H R O N. I love talking to wrestling fans and, talking about wrestling so if you want to talk to me about wrestling personally hit me up on there i also twitch stream check me out on twitch monday through friday 2 p.m eastern standard time at twitch.tv slash eric the ghost shay where can they get in touch with you and finally mainly on twitter at shailene hickson 21 um can't talk about the steelers anymore because our season's over so that's great <laughs> um still got the penguins uh drag Wait, race did, they, just did they lose to the browns no, we won, but uh, Miami won, so we got eliminated. Ah, Miami won. Ah, bummer. yeah, that looked like a terrible game, nine to six. So <laughs> I don't have the Steelers anymore, but I still got the Penguins, and they won tonight. So you know that's good for me. Um, usually I'm talking about go that Pens. wrestling. Yeah, go Pen. Thank God we need it. Um, because we sure don't have the the Pirates. So yeah. So, <laughs> so if you don't mind seeing sports and drag race and. Uh, pretty much anything i feel like talking about follow me on twitter and definitely go check out eric's uh, twitch streams they are always a good time thank you no problem jeff where can they get in touch with you buddy uh pretty much twitter at jmerchant427 if you go to my page you're just gonna see a lot of retweeting mostly about the joshi stuff i just retweeted maki ito a bunch of pictures of her I just retweeted a big match announced for Pro Wrestling Noah's goodbye show for the Great Muda, which was Sayuri Anu and Jungle Kiona versus Sumire Natsu and Maya Yukihi. Nice. Nice. Like, I pretty much am always wrestling unless something with the Penguins or the 49ers piques my interest. Uh, you can hit me up, talk to me about movies, music, whatever. You can also find me at TWM.news, writing under Jeff M, or BaminRealLife.com under Jeffrey Merchant. Love for it if y'all checked out the articles. If you want to talk wrestling, hit me up. And hopefully I get to come back and shoot the shit with y'all again because this was fun. 
Um, yes, for definitely sure. for sure. Yeah. yeah, and like we said earlier, uh, Jeff does have a Joshi podcast that is currently on hiatus. He is looking for a co-host. So if yes. you love Joshi wrestling just as much as he does, and you want to be a part of something special, definitely get in touch with him so you guys can set up a way to podcast with each other because we need more Joshi wrestling podcasts to listen to. We need more wrestling podcasts in general yes. to listen to. So yes, Jeff definitely. Do definitely check him out and uh give him some love and hopefully uh he can start up the podcast again and go on that content journey yeah and tell him uh tell him we sent you definitely for sure greatly appreciated yeah all right so for shay hicks and for jeff merchant my name is eric vasquez this is the ringside rundown podcast and we are out of here see you next week see you later guys have fun <laughs>